Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, your host of the evening as always, being joined by his co-host, Destin Soglo Frazier. God, that music crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to have an hour, we may as well critique and make it part of the show, right? It's definitely a different style, because if you don't review it, then you know you can't have it. It's definitely a different style than what I'm uh, accustomed to. I'm, I'm from the days of Metallica and Slayer and, uh, you know... All of those yeah, kind of bands. All that kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. Motorhead. Right. Not not music you would you would make love to. Yeah, it's not just me in the wrestling mood. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on over here. What is the deal? It is unbelievable. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this officially serves as Talk Brunch episode four hundred and forty nine. This is WrestleMania thirty seven night one post show. April 10th, 2021, officially April 11th, this after midnight. They had a bit of technical issues as far as the storm over in Florida and nearly destroying the set. So, there's something there to talk about tonight. That being said, thank you to everybody who's watching and listening, especially the people over on the Podcatcher and Podcast app, such as iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Music, and all the other stuff. I used to use a script for that, believe it or not, one day. And, of course, all of you are on the live video feeds over at Facebook.com slash TalkBrunch, as well as Twitch.tv slash TalkBrunch. Oh, man. WrestleMania night one, huh? <laughs> right. It almost seemed like this wasn't going to happen. There was, no, like, two or three times where I was like, yo, they might just be like, no, nah, we're just going to do night one in, like, the middle of the day and shit. Yeah, but they they were persistent about it. I was I was nervous at the beginning, at the very beginning of it. I was thinking, oh no, this isn't good. <laughs> I was fucking petrified. Yeah, no, definitely didn't work for me at all. My my, my literally my first thought was, wow, that whole angle between Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon and God came full circle. Yeah, it sure did. Motherfucker, you pull you pin Shawn Michaels. I fucked your whole mania. Unbelievable. Uh, I think overall it was okay. You know. Yeah, like, I think that. I didn't. I don't have any complaints when it comes to mania, you know. Yeah, I very, try not to. Very little to fret about. Yeah, it, it could have been much, much worse. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can talk about the technical issues a little bit, right? <laughs> How could we not? There was a storm. You know, there was a frightening storm. Yeah, like early on in the event when fans were starting to file in, they literally was telling, like, "Hey, it's raining. Get to like, pretty much get to anywhere of cover." Like, if you had, like, um, the skyboxes, get up into those. There were little tent areas around, get under those. Just all kinds of shit. Yeah, unbelievable. That is absolutely crazy. <laughs> that is nuts. Like, I looked up at the sky at one point during, like, a live video on Facebook, and I was like, yo, is that clouds? I thought it was a troll. <laughs> I remember you, know? you thought it was a special effect. And I was like, those are too good. Yeah, I was like, that looks really realistic. Like, the pirate ship's been through hell. You know, <laughs> and kind of find out it literally had been. Yeah, no, I, 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 I told you guys like you're not trolling me. Like this is this is a natural occurrence. Like God help make the pay per view look better. <laughs> you know, I wasn't buying that shit, man. Like when you said it, it was like, like no. nah. Like no, the universe said fuck you and your pirate shit. It was like, what do you take me for? But 
let's bring it up. I got the I got that image over here. This is what WrestleMania looked like. That sucks. <laughs> oh. I jokingly in the chat room when people asked because a few people in the chat didn't hear the news yet. I said, yeah, even the cardboard audience got blown all over the place. <laughs> There's no reports of that, but that's just the way that I like to see it in my mind. Right, like in your perfect world, just like somebody came in and just took the sign out. Yeah, pretty much. Fucking cardboard sign guy, guy finally got his revenge. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's what they had they were up against. A destroyed mania set. That shit was crazy. Like they had to stall like hell by the time the pre-show was over. Cause they were almost gonna start and then it was like it calmed down and then it started right back up again. Yeah, that looks rough. I'll see if there were any other images or anything else available. But no, that seems to be like the only thing. Yeah, probably because that's one of the most significant ones out of everything that happened. Yeah, but like we were saying in the opening about the music, and it's nothing against these bands. Everyone has their own distinctive taste in music. But again, Metallica, Motorhead, Corn, Rage, Slayer, that's all the kind of stuff. You shouldn't be able to make love to the rhythm of WrestleMania. <laughs> right. You should not be able to. Like I should not be thinking, I wonder if I can get it in during the pre-show while they're talking. Like, what? No. Yeah. You should be no. prepared for a mosh pit to just spawn in your house when WrestleMania open starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, this WrestleMania was actually stretched across three days, not two, not one, because uh, SmackDown counted as a special. This was called WrestleMania SmackDown. Am I right? Yeah, a Smack, uh, yeah, a WrestleMania edition of SmackDown, or whatever they decided to call it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to run down that card a little bit here. Uh, starting with Daniel Bryan, he had a promo on there. It was just a regular promo about how he always was, even though he's part of the Yes Moment, most of his career he was said no. It just felt like your uh, factory, you know, your assembly factory Daniel Bryan promo. Nothing nothing to yeah. see here, nothing else. Uh, the Street Profits, they, they uh, wind up getting jumped by Ziggler and Rude, and these tag teams all have a spill out f- that leads into the Fatal 4-Way match. Otis, during this match, catches Gable. And he saves that young man's life. Yo. Oh. It was really, it was really, really rough. I'm going to see if I could bring this up. Hopefully I'm a little bit uh, out of organization here tonight. So bear with me. But uh, I definitely want to pull this up for you guys. Cause it was, it was that bad. If Otis isn't there, we're tolling the bell 10 times for fucking Gable. Here is your winner. Bitch! No, no, no. That's not what we need. Oh my god, like, yeah, she was almost cat. I was sitting there looking at it and I was like, that didn't look like that was gonna go right if he wasn't there. Like that. I guess some shit where it's just like you know you almost watched a man die. So Cause like I always wonder when like when something like that happens, like are they thinking the same thing? Like, holy shit, I almost died on national television. Yeah, I'm wondering if he was. Seeing if I could sign. Okay, like, here it is right that. here. We we'll see so, stuff like that. Look at Wait, this. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Watch the way he runs here. And Ray and Dominic send Gable flying. Oh. He's- oh. How crazy is that? Oh. 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 I don't know if that man knows how close he was to death, but I hope he knows now. Yeah, saved his ass. Jesus Christ. Like, that's rough. Uh, Montez Ford splashed Gable and a Ziggler super kicks him and covers Ford for the steal and way wind up retaining the title. So shame that this title match had to be bumped over or two. Uh, I guess day one you would call this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. So uh, 
I kind of thought this was funny. The whole Reginald situation where you got Reginald, Tamina, and Shayna and, all, and that, that little stable there. Did you notice that, that freaking uh, Shayna had to save Reginald? <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was funny because she was the most resentful and she winds up having to save his life. Watch this yeah, shit here. Jackson's trying to get out of harm's way. He gets up on the apron and Tamina's like, who's this motherfucker? Oh, girl. She grabs him there. And look at him. She's saving Reginald. Look, she's pulling him back. Come on, no, no. Bring my Reginald. Tamina taking advantage of the distraction. I'll tell you, Corey, up to that point, I don't think I've ever seen Tamina this focused. Yeah, I mean, such a shitty Fuck, I gotta save him. He saved Reginald, man. That That's killed that, me. I don't feel like dealing with that argument after we go after we walk right through the curtain save. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Then something happened that I don't recall ever seeing happen before. And that is Tamina. Actually, anyone. Nia Jax got hit by a Samoan drop. Did you see that shit? Oh, bro. Let me see if I could bring this up here. <laughs> this was beautiful. Bro. <laughs> okay hold on a second here i'm just trying to get to the right spot okay right around here this said they fight on the top Elliot coming to the aid of her tag team partner uh-oh oh and natalia set he gets thrown off the side there the stick, watch this inside the ring nia Jax has tamina across her shoulders but tamina lands on her feet and tamina now with a super kick Jesus. They got to use that effect they use when when Bronson Reed stomps his foot. Yes. (laughs) What I love so much about that is you didn't see any moment of strain. She just went. As much as they don't utilize Tamina, that's a strong-ass girl right there. What's up, Ashley? How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Because when she got her up, and I was like, wait a minute, she ain't strained or nothing. Like, who? Yeah, Yo, that, got this strong ass motherfucker on your roster. And you brutal, man. Brutal. But yeah, I, it's a shame. Some of this stuff should have made it. We don't really get to see these two fight very often. You know, the two relatives, Samoan relatives in combat. Yeah. Like we, like we saw maybe like an encounter or two before they teamed them up. And then once they, I think once, I think it was either Tamina got hurt or they just stopped using her. We just didn't see anything else. I think it's the first time I've seen them both in the same ring together since then. Yeah, and what else happened? They had a backstage brawl with the girls. Uh, you got that Rollins video package. They replayed it again on WrestleMania, but it was, was actually, it was actually from SmackDown. Yeah, that, that thing was great. That thing popped me, man. I like me, this Rollins now. <laughs> Think you know Cesaro? Think again. Cesaro has been competing in the WWE for 10 years, but he has never competed in a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. And he has obviously never won the Universal Championship. Is this the kind of example we want for our children? Seth Rollins is the superstar we all deserve. He's a two-time Universal Champion, a former Royal Rumble match winner, and he's had some of the most iconic moments in WrestleMania history. Seth Rollins with the title! Seth Rollins knows what it's like to take charge, lead, and win. He's a man all of us can look up to and aspire to be. All you have to do is embrace the vision. (laughs) This ad has been paid for by friends of Seth Rollins and is in no way directly associated (laughs) with Seth Rollins himself. That's my favorite part. 
That is amazing, man. <laughs> Covered all his bases. This ain't had shit to do with me, but my people pay. That was priceless oh stuff. Oh, my God. And it, it floated so naturally in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Did somebody just roll in like a Biden ad in the middle of this shit? Like, and one of my favorite moments was Edge going absolutely savage on Roman Reigns. Yo, I didn't realize that shit until he pointed it out. I don't owe you anything. In fact, you owe me. I mean, let's run it back. You came into the WWE in a three-man group. You made your entrance through the crowd. You use a spear as your finisher. Well, who set that template for you? Your Samoan Edge. <laughs> I never get tired of hearing that. I will say. Your Samoan Edge. You always have been. And I see what you've become. I came back to swing for the fences and Roman, you are the green monster. And now we had our match ripped away from us. And not only that, but the fans have had it ripped away from them. And I think some of them are on to Daniel Bryan now, except for the, the lemmings who chant yes, just like they used to chant what? Damn. Edge knows his promos. Yeah. And the sad part about it is, like, like you, you can't say shit to that. Because, yeah, he did show up in a three-pin group. He did run through the crowd. And his fierce of finisher. That motherfucker checked and made him all in the same second. Yeah, that savage shit. The only right thing that would have been better if he went out. Oh yeah, and you have long hair. Samoan Just edge. Hit him on all edge. Fuck him. <laughs> they troll Roman in the best ways. They really do. And lastly, we had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, and uh, it came down to uh, Nakamura and Jey Uso. Surprisingly enough. Oh, Nakamura's got to get Jey Uso over the top rope. Can he eliminate Uso here? Uso with a reversal. Oh, the rough bump Nakamura takes down the way out, right? Oh, yeah, that did not look fun. Here is your winner, Jey Uso. So that sets the tone for uh, the rest of the weekend as far as uh, WrestleMania goes. We normally cover SmackDown on the Monday flagship show, but at that point, it'll be 100% irrelevant. That being said, SmackDown brought in an overnight of 2.795 million viewers, uh, slightly up from last week, which was 2.36 million. Oh, God. I'm still trying to recover from that shit. Fucking Samoan Edge. Samoan Edge. The way he, it's the way he said it that killed me. He's like, you're a Samoan Edge. <laughs> like, even in that moment, he realized it. Yeah. That brings us, ladies and gentlemen, to WrestleMania 37, night one. Which, to our surprise, it opened with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vinnie Mac? Good old Vinnie Mac. Let me see if I have that here. Uh, not that we need to see the whole thing. If it's that song and everything, we don't. But just so you guys get a look at... Uh... Throughout this past year, our WWE superstars performed tirelessly for all of you. Week after week, month after month, but we all knew there was something missing. Something very important. The most important... That would be all of you, our fans, the WWE Universe. And as we emerge from this dreadful pandemic, on behalf of our entire WWE family, we would simply like to say thank you and welcome you to 
WrestleMania! No one screams WrestleMania like Vince. Not a soul. <laughs> now, maybe, in fact, I know 100% it's just me being a tad nitpicky. Only thing I didn't like about all the superstars out there, I don't like seeing what everybody's WrestleMania looks going to be until they come out. Right. But that's just, that, it's not even something where it just hurt it or anything. It was just like, ah, oh, now I know what you're going to look like when you come out. But you, you guys pointed out that Edge and quite a few people were in their ring gear for no reason at all. Yeah, it was into people who we knew had matches on night two. Like they were already like ready to go. Yeah, but then again, yeah. I guess you want to look proper at that moment, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, thankfully, giving you guys an update on what happened with the uh, the storm and everything, the fans were told to evacuate at first. Uh, after that, as a matter of fact, it was welcome to WrestleMania were the famous last words because immediately after that, they were welcomed out of WrestleMania because... Uh, <laughs> That's when uh, they were told to leave. It was literally like I'm watching Twitter while watching the show. So it was literally welcome to WrestleMania. And then like, all right, everybody get your shit and leave. You're being told to evacuate. You know, <laughs> like, like they were uh, people, told this in the middle of that opening package. Like people don't probably realize the sequence of events if they weren't watching them unfold. But that's essentially like the way that it was going. And then the fans slowly started to pack in. And uh, it was still raining. It was still drizzling, which obviously caused some complications. But with that being said, let's get into the matches because you start off with the, uh, what was the uh, initial match here? We had the... It was Lashley and Drew for the WWE Championship. You know what it is? I was looking for, because I'm so used to doing these papers, I was looking for the kickoff segment. There isn't any. <laughs> there was nothing. They just did a kickoff with no matches. Yeah, there was a kickoff. And I don't know if there was supposed to be because there were rumors that there weren't going to be any matches on night one. But then there was the storm. So that definitely might have solidified that decision for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, they're um, going into it. There were supposed to be no kickoff matches, mainly because um, they'd made the decision to have Drew and Lashley open, and they wanted the first. They wanted basically Drew and Lashley's match to be the first thing where fans actually see people coming out. Yeah, but you know what, man? It's 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 really a shame. Once again, Drew McIntyre is not going to get his moment. Like his famous moment is just never going to exist. Uh, they were like, "Hey, you got it." Last year in front of nobody, why you need it again? It's like no, no. <laughs> that being that being said, WWE title match: Bobby Lashley defending his championship against Drew McIntyre. Seventy nine yeah. percent of you, Bobby Lashley will retain. Twenty one percent of you, Drew's going to get his missing WrestleMania moment, and his dreams are going to come true. And they're going to have a follow up documentary about Drew and the second journey. Uh, 365, 365 days, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, four seasons a year, whatever the fucking thing is they'll do. <laughs> I love you doing seasons too. You know, whatever, whatever it takes. And then, we'll, then Drew will be like, and now look at me. This time, I celebrate with everyone. <laughs> you stupid. But, but that's not what fucking happens. That's <laughs> the finish of the match. Drew uh, is in the hurt lock. And he tries the old... Uh, sleeper hold trick where you kick off the turnbuckle and roll backwards but Lashley rolls with him and then Drew passes out in the hurt lock and I feel really bad not just because Drew missed his moment but because I took and I guess you always tell me that I do this and that I'm guilty of doing this I took for such granted that they wouldn't shit on anybody that epically that when he was in that hold I just didn't really look you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of, I looked at you guys in the chat. Like, I just took it for granted as just a spot. 
for me, it wasn't like for everyone else. It was like, this is it. For me, it was just like, oh, well, yeah, home lock. Yeah, let's talk in the chat room. Then I just heard ding, ding, ding. And I looked up like, what happened? Like, wait, what? <laughs> they tapped him? Like, he, he passed out? I was like, Drew? The guy with the dream? With the documentary and shit about the climb? <laughs> Like, even if he was going to lose, because like I was 100% considering <laughs> that Lashley was going to fucking win. Like, I thought, yeah, there's a chance he could pin him. He could screw him over. All kinds of things can happen. It's wrestling. But I just didn't think that was going to be the moment. Like, when he, him, like, of all things, this man that they made seem real strong. They took out Brock Lesnar. You know what I mean? This unstoppable guy with the sword and shit and his ancestors and the lightning. And all of a sudden, he fucking pa- I couldn't. I, ha- I haven't seen it because I didn't go back. There's no rewind. There's no rewind on you Peacock. That part about it is, I mm-hmm. wish I could tell you him passing out was the worst thing that happened to him in this match. Because right before he gets him in the heart lock, he's going for, I believe, a second Claymore. Yeah, because he, he missed one earlier. MVP screams, hey, Drew. Drew fucking stops and looks at him and then goes back to it. And it's like, wait a minute. Did you just what fall a weird distraction. A fucking recess antics? Hey, Drew. He fucking looks over. <laughs> it would have made more sense for him to be holding his ancestral sword going hey drew because no one's ever done that before so now he turns around and the actual distraction is that people put their hands on his ancestral sword right and now he's distracted makes more sense than hey drew he just hey drew them in the fucking hey drew come get your sword like what the fuck he hit it with a sonic boom like what kind of shit What are they doing? What the hell are they doing? Like, the bad part is, it leaves him passing out in the hurt lock. Sevy made him look strong. It's like, oh, he didn't tap out. He passed out. But it's like, right after he got distracted by Hey Drew. That is absolutely crazy. The slightest sound alerts him. It is ridiculous. (laughs) Shit. They didn't really bother. That's all they have to do to distract the wrestler now. That's amazing. Unbelievable. You You know how many situations I wish I could just get away with that shit? It is unbelievable. But yeah, Drew. Oh, you like the Drew McIntyre? I came up with on the flies. Like I practiced anything. I just visualized. I thought that that's the story we were going to get. That's why I thought he'd be back here one day. He'd be like, now my story has been fulfilled. And my mom and dad will see this and they will, you know, or some shit, you know. But instead, it's just like, he's just gone. He just, he's not going to have a dream. And it's funny because in the chat room, I felt bad for saying it, but it was the only logical thing that came to mind. And I said, well, Drew, look on the bright side. At least this time, all the fans were here to see it. <laughs> I saw that. I was just like, they weren't. No. They weren't robots. They weren't Thunderdome screens. It was actual human beings in the in the stand. They might all have COVID tomorrow, <laughs> but at least, but at least they were all here for that WrestleMania non moment. Love that kick. <laughs> they might all have COVID. Tomorrow. But on the flip side, I also logically, even booking wise, couldn't see Bobby Lashley losing it since they are trying to build him. But I just thought the Drew thing. I don't know how I would have handled it. And then it was even worse because, you know, they wanted him to look destroyed because he looked destroyed. Like he was on the ground like, no, my dreams. That's one thing WWE does that UFC doesn't do enough. Like, I, I don't want to see the the, the, the the spoils of victory. I want to see the agony of defeat. You know? <laughs> like, yo, yeah, like I know you're going to raise his hand, but no, keep the camera over to the right. I want to see this dude because he was talking a lot of shit. I want to see tears, David. When I hear the whole you're a winner and still or and new, no, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at you. You were you were promo guy before they you know, the started. <laughs> I, I, I feel like a lot. I feel like the reason they do that shit is because a lot of guys in the fucking UFC they just walk off camera. Like fuck, I don't need to be here. Like an interview. Fuck this. No, they should make them. That should be part of it. That should be a part of the pressure. Like man, I don't want to get knocked out. It's really awkward when the fucking camera's on me afterwards. 
I swear to God, no, no <laughs> moment in capitalism that move when fucking John Jones knocked out DC. Remember how awkward he looked at that fucking interview afterwards? He was just like, yeah. this is... Oh yeah, and then Joe, Joe Rogan fell back because he interviewed him, and I was like, "No, that's the way that I, I would be. I totally, that'd be all up in there, man. They'd be still picking him up off the floor, and I'd be with the mic like Michael Cole, like, hey, how do you feel?' On a stutter fucking ground, you know? Okay, that's the, those are the moments to me. Wrestlers go through it, and I know it's a work, but that's the reason they do it. It's unbelievable. But yeah, you know, they did it for Drew. They had him on the floor, like, oh my dreams, you know, he's on the ground and shit. I felt bad. I was just like, wow. <laughs> I wonder where that story's gonna go. I'm more invested in him than Lashley. We know where Lashley's going. I see what happens to Drew next. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that reverse Alabama slam that Drew McIntyre did looked pretty solid. Is that what it's called? I guess it's a poison Alabama slam yeah, sort of thing. They've never really given it an official name, so it's always been like a reverse Alabama slam. Yeah, that would have to be what it is. Uh, and you also, this guy, he kicked out. You know what? For some reason, it goes to show how much I'm not paying attention because I know it on a subconscious level but wasn't thinking at the time. Like, I forgot just in the moment that the Future Shock DDT wasn't a finisher anymore, you know? Yeah. So when he hit him, it was like, right, but I remember the days, like the 3MB version, if he ever would have hit it, which he never did. Well, I guess the Drew before that, the chosen one, he he hit the Future Shock as his finisher. Basically, the original finisher. He brought the Claymore in, I think, on it. He tells the story about how he accidentally created it with 3MB, but it became his finisher when he went back to the Indies. Right, right. So when he hit three of those in a row, I thought, oh, my God, this is definitely over. Like, no way. Like, they fucking they're ending it now. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's right. He uses the Claymore. Like, he could, <laughs> they, they could let him be on. Because I was thinking for a minute, like, really? They're going to fuck up Bobby Lashley like that? <laughs> At first, you know, I was like, wait a minute. That's right. Wouldn't it's, it be a the, bitch if he went out to the Future Talk DDT at WrestleMania? Yeah. Like, just for a moment, because I wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, no, the stats in that thing are way lower now. Like, it would have been dead. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But that that in itself made it interesting that they had teases like that, you know, because at the end of the day, it, it was an unexpected finish. The only way you would think it could be something like that is if it's something that's not normal, but it was, un- it was very abnormal. I didn't think this guy would pass out on the lock. Like, there was a little bit of interference by MVP, but I don't really think that Hey Drew thing was the was the end all of that. Yeah, it was a little bit he did. That was the least of it all. Yeah. But yeah, incredible that he... uh that he kicked out anyway, just out of the DDT. They they keep they kept Drew looking strong until they didn't, you know. Right. That's the messed up part about it. McIntyre is bringing it to Lashley, and now Lashley responds. Lashley. Lashley fighting back, backing McIntyre. And I gotta say this: when it comes to this match, this was good looking. They had strong hits. This was very physical. I'm normally not a fan of like just the two muscle guys, the two beef, the beef battle, but uh. This had it like this, this, uh, this sort of if you're going to have a, a stereotypical WWE match, this is probably the best version of that match that you can have with the reversals, uh, the hard strikes, the, just the convincing offense and defense here. Uh, overall, just the way they look, it just looked like two hulking, intimidating guys uh, in the ring. Fucking like each other. Like, you know, this is this is a good feud. It works. I know it's not what everybody wants. Everybody wants their guy to do their things. But I'm saying for what they're going for, the direction they're going with these guys, eh, it's all right. You know? Not my cup of oh, tea yeah. either way. I'm, it's not exactly like I've ever been a Lashley or Drew fan. You know, I've, I've been on the opposite side of the spectrum. But you know what? They uh, they definitely have both improved. You can't take away. You know, I've always said in wrestling, you can't judge what's good and bad by them not giving you what you want storyline wise. You're not writing the story, but you could judge it if something's poorly put together. You know? Yeah. But yeah, this match was great. What I like about it is you could feel not just the fact that this was a big like a big caliber match. But I love the looks in my certain moments, not only just in their entrance, but during the match 
of Lashley and Drew's eyes of like, holy shit, we're in front of a crowd again. Yeah, like, definitely. Lashley looked extra amped during this match. And Drew was smiling like the cat that was in Wonderland, his whole entrance almost. Well, this was Lashley's WrestleMania moment. Yeah. This was, uh, I think, yeah, this was his first, well, no, this wasn't, um, this was his first time, no, only it's about the second or third time going into WrestleMania as a champion since I think 23, because 22 was his second. And then he competed at 23, and I think he's competed at, what, the last two? So, yeah, not too many Mania moments on the guy's belt. But hands down, his biggest one. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we'll talk about, uh, see what you guys talk about. We'll talk about some of that tomorrow night. It's just it's a post-show, yeah. so trying to just move this thing along, though. Um, McIntyre diving on Lashley and MVP was an interesting little bump there where he dived. Yeah, uh, he pulls that one out every once in a while, like only during really, really big matches. Yeah, you're right, Cool. It was almost like losing Pac all over again. I, I remember Death Triangle just wasn't the same. Uh, <laughs> but he came back, you know, and then he kicked Eddie Kingston's ass. You know, you got to look at the good side. Oh, my God. Oh, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> we lost Pac a couple of times, come to think about it. <laughs> oh shit oh, I must God. admit I don't see the full similarities between DMX and Pac <laughs> if I must you meant, must you meant Tupac <laughs> but yeah rest in peace uh, for sure we'll, like I said we'll talk more about that that is rough we'll, get that. we'll save that one for tomorrow but Jesus Christ that was yeah. awful I didn't even think about that That's I looked at amazing. the screen because I have the chat up on my big screen <laughs> I looked up and just saw Pac all over and it was the way I was looking at it and I was like what is that I was like oh <laughs> that one <laughs> unbelievable the era of hard rappers is coming to an end we were talking about music once again right but it's like this Wrestlemania I didn't believe that that was the music because I, I guess I what? have like a like I guess I'm tone deaf this happens a lot to me with WWE I should stop not believing it like when they're going through the points in the, of the show like when they're going through the points of the show where these songs will be playing, I'm not paying attention to them usually. I'm either in the chat or doing something for the show or whatever. I only look up when necessary at this point. I completely just there in the background. So there's many times I've come up for a pay-per-view and I go to get the entrance music or whatever. And I'm like, is this it? Like, did somebody link the wrong thing? I never heard this shit before. But yeah, then we'll get we to like ever a run to that issue with the main roster. Never NXT. Yeah, but then it'll get to the part of the music where, like, they used, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I hear it now. This is where it is, you know, and it's like that. These songs, though, I listened to them twice, and I was like, no, I didn't hear these ever. <laughs> they go to show how little it's like, I never heard these songs before. The songs just aren't good anymore, man. Yeah, and you know, it's it so funny. Work. When I realized who it was, I was just like, oh, yeah, see, that makes sense. That's why I didn't I recognize it, because I don't listen to this shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Last spot that I want to talk about before we move on was just uh, when Drew rolled Lashley's Spinebuster into the Kimura lock. I thought that was very solid looking. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Lashley use that. And it's kind of funny that he uses one of Brock's moves who he beat last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So, again, interesting stuff so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was next? Oh, we got Bailey backstage. Um begging for two sweets from the NWO and Titus. And it was funny because X-Pac too sweet. He was like, I'm a fan. But then like the other guys did and like two of them did, two of them did. I don't know. Was that a worker or a shoot? Were they all supposed to know? know. Like, were they all supposed to sell, no sell her? But then X-Pac was like, fuck it. They're not going to, what can they do? Fire me? Too sweet. I like you. They wanted me to no sell her, but what are they going to do? 
bitch. I got two rings. Like, fuck. Yeah, right? Three if that's a click. That's true. He was in there as DX and the NWO, right? Yeah. X-Pac is a two-time Hall of Famer. Yeah. Did they put the click? I don't know. I, did, I think they put the click in, right? Well, the click wouldn't be kayfabe. That would be like if they put the Undertaker's posse in there, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking about it. I was like, wait, if they put the click in, that means he Hogan got three. But yeah, no, um, they could induct the one, two, three kid if they want. Yeah, yeah, they could because they can't. They can't actually. They can induct you as a singles person too. So. Yeah, if you go for his accomplishments as the one, two, three kid, I guess. Yeah. But they would just probably induct him as X Pac again because not like when they inducted him into the NWO, he was six. He came out there as X Pac last night or whatever, right? Right. They they, <laughs> they inducted WWE NWO in the. Yeah, he was six in the NWO. He was only X-Pac when he showed up here and told Bischoff to go fuck himself, you know? <laughs> but I guess he's just universally X-Pac. It became one of those Mick Foley things where now we just don't distinguish them. Because imagine yeah. if we did, right? We'd have to induct Mick Foley, Dude Love, Mankind. What was the other one? I guess Cactus Jack counts as another Mick Foley now. Right. Too much. Terry, I know you really want to freaking dig deep fucking wrestling society. Actually, was six-Pac. They put them together. Yeah, right. <laughs> what about uh there was a point a few years ago and we talked about it on here where uh i guess this was before they made up with wwe and x-pac and marty Jannetty, and we even played clips of it, and we were like what is this what the fuck is happening like they were on the indies wrestling as a tag team called the throwbacks and like they were wearing their old shit like he was wearing the one two three stuff but he had like the beard like it was like x-pac and one two three attire and then it was just like the old marty Jannetty, but they were just like old like that and we were like what's going on before i hopped on the fucking show i, don't I think it was I, I think it was but i remember we found it and it was recent and it was around i think ironically it was around like one of those wrestlemania weekends where like all the indies were doing shows and one of the shows i remember we were like what is this and i was like what the fuck like the throwbacks and it was legit marty Jannetty, and they were he was wrestling as the one two three kid I remember yeah. thinking it would have been the be- best end of an indie show if at the end, like, um, Sean Waltman would have just fucking thrown him through a glass somewhere and turned on Marty Jannetty. Fuck it, the tag, team not, the tag team's not relevant anyway. <laughs> you know, bye. You got to just relive that moment. But yeah, Bailey was out there doing her ding-dong gimmick. Bailey is fantastic. I, I love... I can't so believe funny. that the Bailey that we used to see that seems so silly turned into this fantastic character. Right, like, and it's such a, it's, it's, like a it's like, yeah, the character finally matches the ass. You notice that? Yeah, because we always talked about how Bailey has the best ass in the business, even though they don't push her as like a sexual character. It was kind of like no matter what these girls do, no matter how they dress, no matter how many layers of clothing Sasha Banks peels off, no one's beating Bailey's ass. Ba- best ass in the business, even when she was the goofy character. You know, so now it's the best ass with the best class. <laughs> Too bad they now can't use that kind need, of stuff, right? We, we we just need an episode of Ding Dong Hello, which twerks off the pants. Like, no, no, I'm still no, hoping no, no, no. for it. One of these days, just keep it classy. Keep her pants. Give me one, just pow. Just <laughs> yeah, no, keep it classy. But now Bailey's doing great. Anyway, speaking of women, women's number one contendership tag team turmoil match: Natalia and Tamina against Billy Kane, Carmella against Lana and Naomi against Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose against the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Thirty-three percent of you, three-way tied, all thinking, and I don't even know how that math works. I guess the rest will be decimals, but thirty-three percent for Lana and Naomi, thirty-three percent for Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, thirty-three percent for Carmel and Billy Kay, making it ninety-nine percent. No one went for Natalia and Tamina or Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. 
I'm actually surprised that Carmela and Billy Kay, who were a late entry, who we added to this thing a few hours before it started, outvoted Natalia and Tamina and Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. That, to me, is very telling right there. That is amazing. Because I was thinking, what a shame that I'm adding Carmela and Billy Kay at the end, but they're not going to get any votes because this is like the day of. They got more fucking votes than the people that were there. So, that being said, Tamina goes off with the Superfly Splash. So, yep. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> you fucked up. Yeah, you done messed it up there. Billy Kay votes. You should have put your votes in a better place. Mm-hmm. This came down to the Riot Squad facing uh, Natalia and Tamina, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff here. Uh, again, I don't really have any complaints about this match. Uh, how did you feel about it? Um, first of all, Mandy, you poor child. <laughs> this was my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> oh, God, I know where you're going. <laughs> so, to fill people in, it hasn't fully stopped raining, okay? And if it has, nobody bothered to whip out the fucking shamwell. <laughs> Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come out. Dana is slightly ahead of Mandy, so in my perfect world, she has no idea this fucking happens. And next thing you know, all they get about halfway down the down the down, down the ramp, and poor she Mandy slips and her busts ass. her ass. There were a few ass bustings too. Like they were slipping toward the ropes. There were a few spots, and it's funny because you could tell this was a very choreographed match with some good sequence. Like even right there, when you look at Ruby Riot, she ran carefully. It was like baby step running because she didn't want to bust her ass trying to hit that riot kick or, or whatever. Who's the kick exactly. she was going for? You know, even the center, everything's being a little bit more careful here. I feel bad for them because they're trying to put together whatever it is that the match was it called for. But uh, they're just not able to, you know. Now, Mandy was, was just so, screwing up. It was so bad because you could see that thing people do when they're about to fall when they try to like recenter and save it it was like nope nope you're too far gone yeah completely and uh billy k rolled up naomi ha ha look at that (laughs) yeah well she got it she got her chance now straight out give her naomi a chance there's her chance chance to work for freaking billy k now switch the resume roll around um the riot squad did this thing where they held billy k in place and then they came off the top rope um, with double knees, almost like a code breaker s move. However, coming down with the double knees from uh, Liv Morgan, she holds her into place instead of allowing her to recoil. So that uh, Ruby Riot, I believe, did a senton off the top. Yeah, that was actually uh, Ruby's. That's like Ruby's second finisher. She usually okay. does it backwards, but in this case, Donnie went forward with it. Yeah, I like that double team. I thought that was solid. I never really see somebody lock really somebody good. with the cold breaker, so I thought that was good as well. Yeah, but that's yeah, a combination when, of Liv's other finisher because she did it and then repositioned herself and held herself there. Yeah, but when but when uh Mandy slipped, Willie Willie called it in time, he said she got Ultimo Dragoned. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the funny thing is when that happened, my first thought was Goldberg that first year he entered the chamber. Yeah. He did his little karate kicks and shit and he slipped. Poor Goldberg. He always, What is it with Goldberg entering things that's so challenging for him? Because he tries to do too fucking much instead of walking his old ass to the proper place. You know, he was, he, Steven Seagal, motherfucker. Just get to the damn ring. You know, the, you know the old Resident Evil where the loading screen would just be the door panning in? He's the only person that probably dies there. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck are you dying in entrances? 
You just got to go through the door, bro. Like, every time I hear about you going somewhere, you're fucking getting hurt. Go through the fucking door already. Every time, oh, did you hear Goldberg? He, he, his head was bleeding when he came out of the locker room. Came out of the locker room. People do that all the time in gym. Oh, and nobody's bleeding. Oh, shit. Goldberg's such a fucking big old. He's a big off of bread. More than Batista. Big old mold. Yeah. He's Batista probably leaves a fresh loaf of bread. That motherfucker just moldy and crusty. And Most people aren't allowed to have a botched entrance even once, let alone for it to be where one time they broke their head with a locker, another time they broke their hand with a windshield, another time they, they fell, another time they slipped, another time they accidentally ran into the ring post. Like, what are, what is he, Wiley Coyote? <laughs> the only thing missing from Goldberg is for him to literally step off of like the cage and literally like stay standing in midair and like look at the camera breaking the fourth wall and like wave goodbye and like, you know like, what the fuck is yeah, going yeah, on yeah. that guy? No, no, no. I'm gonna do you one fucking bear. The only thing he's the only thing that's left for him at this point, he stands waiting for his fucking pyro to go on the fucking floor, just gives out from underneath him. <laughs> the pyro comes back up, he's just not there. Oh, this oh. killer quest. Oh, okay, cool. What's up, man? His Twitch is acting up. He is watching from Facebook. No worries, man. I'm I'm looking at that chat too. I just got a little bit uh freaking overwhelmed here with the amount of content. It's not my fault. Fuck that. I'm always prepared. There's just a lot of content, man. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was almost I don't know how we're making it through this. All this wrestling, all this content all the time. Because we are fucking champions. Like my program's like three or four times as as, as large as you. I had to break it into segments and pieces and stuff to be able to keep a track of all the votes and all the different things going on. It's just like what is going on here? But uh also, Mandy Rose, I have to give her credit as well while we're criticizing her. She she hit this nasty exploder suplex that <laughs> looked really freaking solid. But she did, her second slip was where she was on the ropes going for that superplex spot. And then uh, basically they wind up missing a pinfall at the finish. I felt it was a work, not a botch. Just because the way that she reached for the break of the pinfall is the way Jericho and Owens posed in their painting. If you're going to reach to break a pin, you're going to come flying in with a double axe handle or a stomp or a basement drop kick. No one's going to reach like, like with their finger, like, like, let's just say she would have made it there in time. What would she have done with her finger with her stretched out like that? Like, oh, I almost made it like that. that you're not going to have a reaching pose if you're trying to pop a pin off, you know? So it's like, I looked, I was like, I don't know if it was. And that makes her, that would make her even more stupid. Like, imagine if it's that she was late and that was her attempt. You know, like, it's not like we've never seen it happen. That's the worst part. It, but normally it looks like it wasn't supposed to. Like the ref will count, but the person will be like right fucking there. You know what I mean? Like a hair string away and where they, where they, as a matter of fact, they still follow through. You know what I mean? And that's another thing that gives away when it's a botch. If you were supposed to break that pin, no matter what, you're going to still break that pin in the hopes that the ref overlooks it no different than if you were running late to get to a store that's about to close and you know that it already closed two minutes ago but you're still going to finish making the trip just in case they'll still let you in and haven't fucking closed yet no one's going to go for a pin and because the ref counted to three not even try to see if they could still sell it so if she was going to break that pin it would have looked like a botch pin in my opinion where she would have like gone for it hit it but it would have just been too late but the fact that she just stood there in that weird pose like oh we didn't make it like to me nah i think that was the way it was supposed to go but then they looked really shocked so if they did that was good selling imagine if they were supposed to win and they blew their shot at mania oh my god i wouldn't be able to forgive her if she was my tag team partner (laughs) disband immediately the the following week on raw i'd be like there'd be a there'd be a callback raw the following week because uh 
If I was her partner after that, I'd be like, oh, no problem, all forgiven, high five. And then that thing from Jackass they had that one time with the big hand just, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> remember this? I bet not many people remember this, but I fucking do. <laughs> you ruining my WrestleMania moment reminded me of this. <laughs> oh, you heard the loud speakers. <laughs> Couldn't find a hand big enough to hit you with after what you did, so I, I had to get, I had to bring this back. It was in the prop room. It was in the prop room next to the cell McFoley cried against. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we keep everything. A sensitive moment, you dick. It was a sensitive moment. That's why it made me remember it. It was like, yeah, that was, that was rough. Because <laughs> it's like, that's one of my favorite moments from that whole show was to understand like, that shoot affects him. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. It, it, you know why a shoot affects him? Because it shoot affected him. <laughs> you yeah. know? That's why. That's, he rec- he recalled off of the ground. That was a joke. That freaking one of those Raws leads up to Mania 22 when he was like, you haven't walked right since that match. He hasn't. The only time I ever seen somebody hit the ground and their body recall back up like that was in the movie Crank. And that was that was fake. Yes. <laughs> you know? Fucking end when he falls out of the plane, he recoils off the car. It was so fake. I mean, it, it was so it, it was so rough, and I don't want to digress too far from Mania, but the Foley thing since Warner was so rough when it happened that I remember taking it for granted, like as it was happening. Like, how how did they do that? Wow, right? how did they do that? He really just fell twenty feet. Just then I was like, Jesus, how are they doing that? Then after a while, I was like, okay, wait a minute, are they doing that? No, they're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he really almost died. <laughs> But yeah, that was it for that match. They missed the pin break. I think that it was planned, in my opinion. In my opinion. Get it? A pin break? Opinion? That was terrible. Uh, 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 uh. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and that saved it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if I, if I popped this link yet. So so here it is for you guys in the chat room and anyone on iTunes or whatever on demand. <sighs> ah, Lord. What do we got next in this? We get the uh, blah, blah, blah. You get a singles match of Cesaro against Seth Rollins. 90% of you. First ever singles match at WrestleMania. 90% of you for Cesaro. 10% of you for Rollins. And what happened with Rollins? That was a completely different song, right? Yeah, I think he, I think that, yeah, he just broke that one out. Yeah, that's unique. Hmm. It's the, the beginning of it sounded like when he was FCW champion, and then it went into like its own thing. And the, the actually the very beginning sort of sounded like the Messiah thing. Yeah, for like a second, right? Yeah, I still miss the original where he used to swing the belt over his head. After Bobby Brown was going, that was NXT when he was yes, yeah, he's coming with flailing and shit. And that was cool because when they closed their doors, he was FCW champion. So I like that he got to be the inaugural NXT champion. Like they kind of just was a sequel to where we were. Even though he had to win it in that tournament, they still pretty much picked up exactly where they left off. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Cesaro Rollins, uh, the the finisher was the swing into the neutralizer, I believe, right? Yep. Well, technically a combination of three different moves because he went from a UFO to 23 swings and then a neutralizer. I notice you have to be a good wrestler to be able to wrestle Rollins. Um, and what I mean by that is not obviously to have a good match, you have to be a good wrestler, but to not, I guess, get hurt, you have to really know your timing in the ring. Because I'm noticing a lot of the stuff that Rollins does is completely dependent on you to get the fuck out of the way. Not for nothing. You know, like 
I can't help but notice like when he does his springboard flying knee, Cesaro's way of dealing with it is he kind of sticks his chin out to it like he gives him his chin. And then upon the point of collision, he kind of turns with the hit, which actually in fighting is something that they teach you. You know what I mean? Like they teach you like in fighting, like when you can't, I don't know if I'm describing it right, but like when you can't block a punch or when you, when a punch connects, for example, like if someone's going to hit you across the face, if you lean in the direction that your face was going to get punched towards anyway, then that momentum isn't going to be there. You're going to kind of be moving at the same velocity as the punch. So it's going to, you're going to get less impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's basically, uh, if you're rolling with the punches, that's what it means. Literally, you're rolling with the punch. Exactly. Like if someone's going to hit you in the face, but you turn in the direction, you're almost miming, mimicking what your face would do if you got hit. So upon the collision point, it's not as impactful because you're already turning your head in that direction anyway. I'm noticing that's sort of what Cesaro does like for the flying knee. That's the trick to taking a lot of the wrestling spots, but especially with Rollins. I noticed that Cesaro, he kind of gives him his chin. Then right at the point where the knee would connect to his chin, he's turning in the direction that his head would go anyway. And that's why I say you have to be a good wrestler to wrestle Rollins, because what if you don't? Then he's just going to knee you in your face. It's either A, you understand the timing of where your head needs to be, or B... Or B, you get seen it. That's true. Yeah, you're going to get the John Cena thing. That's what happened to John. John didn't, John, John couldn't, John didn't dodge. He didn't move. He didn't move out of the way. And he even said it. He said it was his mistake. Yeah, you're not supposed, exactly. So that's the whole thing. I noticed a lot of his moves. Is, is, and it's like that with everyone, you know, where you get hit if you don't go with, if you don't, because that's what they're literally doing. When you do see them getting hit, they're rolling with the punch, you know, test it with someone you trust. But if somebody hits you and you're going in with that momentum, then uh, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna feel that impact. If you're going against that momentum, if you're going into the punch and they hit you, then you're gonna completely feel it, which is essentially the key to knocking somebody out. That's why they try to counter punch and get them when they're coming in, you know. But again, that's how you can it's a little bit of MMA. That's how it's being applied here. I'm just noticing all of Rollins' shit. He's basically flying at you either with his foot, his knee, something, some sharp part of his body, some sharp appendage. Where the end of that spot is up to you to not get hit. Exactly. A prime example of leaning into it. Fucking George Montevall and Ben Askren when he fucking killed him. <laughs> and shit yeah. was so bad because Ben was going down when George was coming up. Yeah, and that's what you don't want. So wrestling is the opposite of uh, of that logic. Um, I did like Rollins countering that neutralizer and hitting the pedigree. Callback. Nobody owns that move anymore now, right? So, I mean, may as well have yeah, somebody with really it. Nobody really uses that move anymore. You know, it's time for people to start inheriting these these freaking legend moves. You know, I like that Owens and has at the this stunner. Point, I mean, I feel like Rollins is basically inherited. He just rarely breaks it out. And I got I got to wonder what's going to happen. Like for example, the stunners with Owens, the pedigrees with Rollins. Does anybody get the rock bottom, the tombstone? That's a know? good question. Eventually I guess there's someone... certain moves that might just not get passed on. Even the fiend, the fiend got the mandible claw. You're right, the fiend they get the mandible claw. And and Britt Baker, yeah, Britt Britt spice throws up a little bit though. But it makes more sense with Britt though. It makes more sense with Britt though, since she's a dentist. She's grabbing. She would know to grab somebody's mandible. Like why would yeah. why would Britt she, she do that? knows the mouth well enough to uh, be able to deal with that body part? But it's kind of funny when you mentioned the pedigree, and I remember it, I remember seeing it get pointed out uh, earlier in the day. This is going to be the first WrestleMania since WrestleMania four. That we do not see any combination of the Undertaker, Triple H, or Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that holy that, uh, shit. 
That is rough. Most of the guys that we tuned in for are gone. Lord. No point in going to access or any special events anymore, you know? <laughs> Are you going to look being a grown-ass man, being like, hey, I'm your biggest fan, dude, half your age? <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> you know? I know we got a lot of other podcasters that, my, that moonlight as marks. I just can't do that shit. You know, I'm just right. too <laughs> for it. You know, that's awkward as hell. <laughs> I told you guys about uh, that time. I don't know if you were on the show for that one, but I remember telling you guys about that time that I was at a Mania event and, like, we were sitting next to this Hispanic guy and his girl. Um, and they were just talking about the event. He seemed like a cool guy and everything. And like, I don't even remember the details of the story where we talk about just casual, the way you would talk to someone seated that is also shares a fan of wrestling. And, uh, Nikki Bella came out. He sprung out of his seat. I was like, slam. Oh my God, Nikki Bella. I love you, Nikki. I remember <laughs> yeah, the fucking delivery. Oh my God, Nikki. <laughs> and it was like, Oh man. Yeah. Good thing. I don't know him. <laughs> I thought I did. I thought I knew him, but thankfully I decided I don't. (laughs) His girl was looking up at him and everything. It was just like an awkward moment. Like he popped, dude. That motherfucker popped. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, this guy does not look like he pops, but he does. (laughs) (laughs) I was not prepared for that shit, man. And I, feel, and I think that might have put it into perspective for me because at that point, maybe I wasn't too old to be like a super fan, even though I've never wanted to be. But I think just seeing someone, I was like, man, an older guy looks strange doing that. Yeah. And I admit, I've been in situations where I should have marked out, but that kind of stuff has always made me self-conscious. Like one time I was at an indie show, I was at an FWG. Um, and I walked right past the Young Bucks. And I don't mean like past where there were like people between us because these are like a little, there's like, um, a gym, you know, it's like there's a basketball. Literally, I'm walking under the fucking basketball hoop. Like, there's, there's tables where they're signing. Actually, across was Angelina Love, like, not too far from me. A lot smaller than I than I expected. She looks a lot taller. But I, I walked, like, right past the Bucks, and I kind of acknowledged them, like, an eye contact thing. But I didn't do, like, a, like stop them or try to sell them or too sweet them or something. It would have just felt weird, you know what I mean? Maybe that's just me and the way that I do that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I would too sweet Kevin Nash. Or Scott Hall, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like we had our idols for our ages, you know, the, our, our role models and our wrestling heroes, and they're not younger than me. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't support the the the, the, the younger generation, but you know, See, I, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be the grown ass man going, "Oh my God, Nikki, I love you, Nikki." Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be that guy. But I feel like you could get away with too sweet. Yeah, maybe you could get away with too, I, I, I too sweet. Like would be okay. Get away with because at least yeah. then it's like. It's like but to support not only them but then the whole group. But yeah, if you oh my god, Nikki, like no, you get this on at that point. Yeah, and and it's funny because you've seen the videos I have on early talk bunch of like just when I I, I put a few up when I'm filming um when we're at yeah. the front row in indie shows. In hindsight, I kind of regret it though, just because to think when we were attending those shows, which were cheap shows, some of those shows it's like fucking bingo holes, like twenty thirty bucks, dude. To think we were at all times. Within arm and voice reach of the Young Bucks, Johnny Gargano, Candice, Joey Ryan. You know what I mean? Like the list of people, Cole Cabana. Go back and look at our video. We're right fucking there. And it's kind of like, you know, who would have ever thought that those people, because right now I, I really doubt I would ever find myself in a situation, even if I was at a wrestling show, where I could walk past these people like that. You know what I mean? There was no one. You know what I mean? Like it was like literally I would have full access to them. If you wanted to just walk up to somebody in that kind of a show, you fucking could. 
Oh, you know, so I'll tell that to the younger generation. If you ever had indie shows and you see these guys that you like and shit, do sweet them then. <laughs> because eventually they will get yanked up by the corporation. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah, exactly. Because I, again, I remember Uha Nation. I remember Paulo Cruz. I was a big fan of a Kalisto. All these guys that I see, man, I remember being in arm's reach of them. They were accessible to regular fucking people. You know what I mean? Before they blow up, they're always accessible. I've told you guys on here that I used to talk on Xbox Live to ACH about wrestling. You know, about final battle, you know what I mean? Like about the upcoming pay-per-views and shit, you know? And because at the time that wasn't like, like if I told somebody and I even had this show at that point, but at this time, like indie wrestling wasn't as exposed even to people who listen to podcasts. And if I told someone, oh, I was talking to ACH, they would have just been like, who the fuck is that? To be honest, no disrespect to him. But that's just the way that, that things were at the time. Even these bigger podcasts, and I don't try to put us over to them, but we, we, we didn't, like we kind of were the first and I say that very, very confidently to review this kind of shit. Indie wrestling, Ring of Honor, um, all that other stuff. Look, at the end of the day, everybody knows the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. They were like pioneering this decades before any of us were around. Their philosophy at the time was that a lot of those indie products are off-Broadway musicals. That was his exact words. These are all off-Broadway musicals. And no one's going to really give a fuck i'm paraphrasing this part but no one's going to care about an off-broadway musical and i feel like we were the only ones that really gave notice to a lot of these guys that went on to go here cesar was included rollins included all of these are guys when you really look at in the indies uh so i mean you never know who the next freaking rollins will be always keep that in mind especially with this card man most of these people are from the indies that we see uh anything relevant that you remember in regards to uh the Cesaro Rollins match that you enjoyed. Oh God. I mean, I loved that. It was almost like a little callback to mania 31. I already know what you're saying. And he caught him with the uppercut and I had an instant flashback. That's literally what that was. I'm glad you you mentioned that that (laughs) because that was the Randy Orton RKO callback, right? Where he, where he, pushed his head up causing uh yeah. causing him to uh recoil up and then caught him yeah, and yeah this only, time it was cesaro. Is cesaro didn't lose his fucking mind after he connected yeah totally man totally. Funny, i think have you heard the backstory behind why randy reacted like that right uh no so basically what it was is um they'd been trying to see if they could get that spot to work but the one we saw at mania was the first time it worked a hundred percent that's why orton got so excited Ah, I like see. They, they, they've been trying they've been trying that spot like i guess like little practice sessions before the show started and they finally got it to work that one good time gotcha now that makes sense that's why i worked pop so fucking hard because it was like fuck yeah <laughs> which apparently interesting thing um not to break off to it we're gonna get right back into it but uh, orton talked about on the on the austin podcast a lot of those rkos we see it's the other guy's idea so with the Evan Bourne, it's like, hey, you think you can catch me out of the shooting star? Rollins, can you catch me from the stomp? A lot of the times, they just tell Orton where to be, and he's just there. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's one of the coolest finishers in the business, you know what I mean, when you really yeah. think about it. Like, uh, say what you want like, about, he, John, about John Laurinaitis, but that man has a pretty fucking finisher. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> DDP used it for almost his whole career. Randy Orton's used it his entire career. It is just excellent. You can hit anybody with it. You know, he even mentioned that John Laurinaitis was the one that gave it to him because originally he was using that shitty overdrive, and um, then Laurinaitis to say, "Hey, start using the Ace Crusher." He put his own tweak on it, and it's the perfect finisher because, like we said before, he can literally hit any single person with it. Yeah, you haven't totally. seen a superstar he can't RKO at this point. 
Yeah, I moved the chat up for anyone who, when I use my second screen, I put the chat back up. But anyway, um, yeah, there was also the swinging, which I have right here, just for you guys to take a look at. This was uh, the Cesaro swing that we were talking about. Yeah. He's swinging in the rain, like Stasis said. <laughs> look at 23 rotations. Was it 23 oh. at this WrestleMania? At yep. this WrestleMania? Yep, 23. I didn't count 23. Because, because uh, they, they mentioned that a SmackDown that he hit 22. And I'm thinking, like, they said he, they said he, yeah, they said he did 23. Holy shit. Right? It didn't feel like 23. I, Just now, during this one match, was 23 times they went around? It didn't feel like that. Yeah, I feel like he, I would have been like, when is this going to end? <laughs> How would he be okay after going around 23 times? Know. Isn't he himself dizzy? I gotta go back and watch this shit now. 23? You know what I think about it? That would make sense of why he goes immediately into the sharpshooter. Give himself some time to reset. He shouldn't even be able to get the sharpshooter on after 23 (laughs) swings. That is fucking freakish. That is nuts, man. That's what I'm saying. How the hell is he not dizzy? But but then again, I guess what's as long as he's been doing that move? See, that's what I was talking about right there. That's a good example. I didn't even know it was going to be in this clip. But right there is a perfect example. See, when that kick comes, it's up to you. This moment... It's up to you to make sure that when that shit flies across, you're not facing it anymore. You know what I mean? Cesaro has about one second here to look to the right. And if he looks to the right too late, he's going to get kicked in the in the fucking face. And if he looks to the right too soon, it's going to look fake. And Rollins yeah, because, will whiff it. Because the second he leaves that top rope, you're on your own. That shit has to barely graze his chin. And then he has to turn to the right. And he did it. Perfect. You know, but that's what sort of makes that kind of shit dangerous. That's the, and that whenever you hear about someone not getting pushed, sometimes, and I know there's no way for us to know without being on the inside. Sometimes there are things like that that we don't know about them. You might be looking at someone who's great, but what you don't know is that they're not good at not getting their asses kicked. They're not good at feigning hits. So now everybody who has to work with them has to be careful not to lay their shit in so that they don't break somebody's face. That's happened before where someone looks good in the ring and they're able to do spots, springboard, moonsaults, corkscrew, moonsaults, all kind of crazy shit, and you love them. But when it comes to See, protecting themselves, right they don't know what the hell to do. Frog splash. Yeah, that was, a, that was a 360 frog splash. I don't know why they called it a corkscrew frog splash. There's nothing corkscrew about that. If this was the NBA, that would have been a 360-degree dunk. Like, I've like, never seen that. Yeah, that was cool. Wait, wait, I like the way he, he started changed rotating, that up. I'm thinking he's doing like some kind of like a phoenix splash. Some kind of a course clear. I'm like, no, this motherfucker did a 360 frog splash. Yeah. Looking good. Looking really good. I'm like when they try to get innovative, you know, change some of this shit up. Yeah, and of course, as we said, uh, Raw, um, Cesaro broke out that UFO, that no arm torture rack, pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Like, <laughs> yes, Cesaro, I'm glad this, this is really his push. And it goes to show a lot of you guys didn't believe in him, right? Which I can't yeah, blame it, you it because they've given no indication. Like he weren't going to do anything. It's only now that we're seeing, like, whoever thought you'd see a vote where Cesaro gets 90% of the votes and Seth Rollins gets 10 from our community, you know? Right. Just the fact that yeah. that vote shifted that way goes to show how good of a job they're doing at pushing him. Yeah, you and know? of course, Cesaro got extremely emotional after the win. I mean, of course, it's not only his first singles match at WrestleMania, but then he won. Mm-hmm. He sure did, and it wasn't no Andre the Giant stuff. No, this was a real win. This win mattered. Yeah. Good for him. Excellent stuff here. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Anything for that match? No, I think after that we go to the Raw Tag Team Title match, right? Yep, New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos making his in-ring debut. Mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Thankfully, thanks to the storm, we got a little bit of the trio backstage, which that was good. That was worth the pay-per-view's worth. 
um, 75% of you, I don't even know how, I don't even know why, but you know, 75% of you, not including myself, thought that AJ Styles and Omos were going to win the tag team titles. Because we know how they think. 25% of you thought New Day, the actual tag team at WrestleMania, would retain the tag team titles. Um, the finish, uh, what was that? Like, a, What would we call that move that he does? That's, Kali used to have that shit too, right? That was, um, it's basically, a, it's a standing choke bomb. They're right, a choke bomb. That's what I, I thought that it would be considered. But his is different because he he doesn't get you around the throat. He gets you on the armpit, so you're like a little bit higher up. Yeah, that yeah, no, like, that is not fun. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't fun. Uh, I did enjoy Woods explaining the logic of tag team wrestling as he's tag team wrestling. He's explaining the strategy. He's like, is so funny. because AJ Styles can't get back to his corner and they're kicking his ass, and he's looking at the camera and he's going, "We're effectively cutting the ring in half." Like something that the commentator should be saying, and he I ain't doing your own commentary. He won't get a tag. Was like, what the fuck? He won't get a tag. We're effectively cutting the ring in that while he's beating him. I, heard it, I was like, oh my god. As funny as that that is, here's my problem with this match, which I mentioned. New Day working as heels just because, like, they haven't been heels this whole time. They've just been New Day, but now we have New Day working as heels. They're taunting. They're laughing. They're mocking. You know. They're doing a bunch of different heel stuff the entire time. I thought that that was really strange. And the reason why that concerns me, because I'm thinking if you guys have knew they're working as heels, even if it's just for this match and they're not really heels, the only thing that's left to do is give Omas a babyface hot tag, which is literally exactly what they did. Because I was excited. I was like, it's going to be interesting because they can't possibly do that. But that's what they did. Um, so as far as Omas goes... I I like what I saw from him. Again, yeah, he, I usually Yeah, I usually look at big guys and I usually my secret is I usually count five spots. If they get close to five spots, then they're all right. And I go by this because of Kevin Nash, who had the shoulder tackle, right? The, or the shoulder the shoulder thing in the corner, right? The big yeah. boot. Um what what was the I don't even remember the other most because Cornette yeah, sidewalk counts, slam sidewalk slam and Cornette counts when he flicks his hair back after he does a spot right when he when he flips when he flings flings his hair back <laughs> as this fucking spot so but that but either way when you think about it it is something that's there that happens a lot but Kevin Nash with the small limited moveset that he has he's been able to get over and of course the powerbomb I'm not going to forget the jackknife powerbomb so I look at Omos and he had a he actually has Kevin Nash's corner rush he has a backbreaker a, a, basically a tilt the world backbreaker he has a big chop he has a big kick. He's close, right? If you count yeah, his chop, that's like no, five. Maybe another move or two, and he's great. Yeah, and we, for all we know, he has another move or two. Like, if he's going to keep him working as a big guy. That being said, nothing about a big guy working like that really interests me nowadays. But for what they're going for, I think that it, it has a good good effect, you know? Yeah, one of um really cool spot, even though it didn't come out, I think, as clean as they would have liked, was the fact that AJ basically had a spring forearm off of uh, Omos. Yeah, he did the springboard farm and he wound up hitting him there. And I think that overall they did really good. Again, my only issue with this was that you had the New Day working as a bunch of heels. And I mean, if you go back and look, they're working like straight up heels. You know yeah, what I mean? Just like they're doing the kind of things that heels. If you guys look at the screen right now, that is heel shit going on right there. That's not just them isolating the corner and being strategic. Their body language is that of two heels. AJ's body language is that of a baby face. Everything that they're doing is the stuff that they teach heels to do. Everything that he's doing is the stuff that they teach baby faces to do. You know, it's the strangest thing that I've ever seen in this story. 
And everyone just kind of went along with it. It was like the fans that were there, which I guess that's the curse as well as the blessing of fans. They just kind of were bottling and went, yeah, all right. It was like, all right, sure, I guess. Yeah, but now and with I this just, victory, uh, AJ Styles hits the Grand Slam. Well, that's what you wanted, right? You were hoping he'd hit that Grand Slam. I was hoping he'd hit I, a more knew, meaningful Grand I Slam. That, I knew they were going to have them go over just because, one, Omos' debut, and two, they wanted to give AJ the Grand Slam. See, I know how they think now, so it's like I'm, I, I get good at predicting this shit. I guess I'll never know how they think because I never thought there'd be a time and place where I'd be saying that WWE wanted to give AJ Styles the Grand Slam. <laughs> right. You know? Once upon a time, we never thought he'd be here. Yeah. The New Day lost the belts, yes. They 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 almost retained them. Stupid. <laughs> I figured you'd go there even though they have us call him Old Moss now. And I'm like, no, he's not leaving that joke. My problem, and I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up. My problem with them calling him Omas is this. And it just hit me today before we came on here and I had to look at the card, right? I had to make sure that it wasn't typoed. It's spelled O-M-O-S, right? Yeah, that sounds like there's supposed to be an A in there. 100%. O-M-A-S is Omas. That shit is Omos. Tell me where the ass fucking sound is coming from. In any language, if you have an O-M and an O-S, there's no ass in there. Maybe there's an ass in the writing room, but there isn't one in the fucking name. <laughs> Omas. They said that because we all started joking around saying almost. Remember you sent me that shit? <laughs> to this day, to this day, and that's what they don't want. To this day, when I see him, I think about that meme, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's almost time for Christmas. Just with his face in the Christmas tree in the background. <laughs> That was my favorite fucking December meme. <laughs> it's almost time for Christmas. Oh my god! Man. They were like, "How do we fix this?" He's Omas now. Oh fuck you! He is almost. You spell that his motherfucker name was almost. He was backstage for a long time. You guys had to travel down the road with him, go to different towns, eat catering. You're telling me that you didn't get his name right until he was out there a few times as almost. Fuck off. You guys had to write this on a piece of paper somewhere and then sit in a meeting together and talk about the fucking spots. You had to talk about it before he even existed as the character to invent it. And you're telling me that in all the creative, you were calling him Omas and then accidentally called him Omos in the debut and had to correct the bullshit. That guy's been Omos since you came up with it. Oh, my God. It would be really fucked up if his name is actually Omas and the rest of them just didn't ever give a fuck enough to learn his name. And he has. And they just called him Omos. And then one day he corrected them and they were like, well, why didn't you ever say anything? He was like, you didn't ask. That'd be a better story, though. Oh, my God. But those are your tag champs. Yeah, hopefully hey. they defend more often than freaking Ziggler and Rude, who, by the way, SmackDown was their first defense in 80-something days. Yep, and fucking Colt keeps calling them the dirty dogs, man. I mean, the uh, top dogs. <sighs> top dogs, my ass. Fucking. Well, don't worry. That's why we are here, to fill in the blanks of some matches. Yeah. That brings us to the steel cage match. Shane McMahon against Braun Strowman. Brains over Braun. That's what the shirt said that he was wearing, right? See, I like Shane McMahon's few shirts. Yeah. <laughs> 60% thought Shane McMahon was going to go over. That's how much they fucking de-pushed Braun that you guys pretty much <laughs> were like, yeah, Shane got this. I was no, one th- of them. To think that in the Attitude Era, people, whenever Shane got put in a match, whether it was an X-Pac or a Kane or an Undertaker, people would always go, oh boy, Kane, you're f- oh boy, Shane, you're fucked now. And he would win. He'd get out of it. Now, 
He's in the match and everybody's like, Shane got this. And it's like, there's no reason when you really think about it, aside from their shitty booking, there's no reason for us from a logical standpoint to be like Shane got this. He's up against a guy who looks like he's chiseled out of a mountain. He literally looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones now. It looks like the mountain come to life. It looks like the mountain just a little more skinny. That's it. And they're locking you in a cage with that thing. And you called him and stupid and made fun of his report card and threw green slime at him. There's the no reality. So now we're just like Shane got this. There's no reality where you're not dead. You know what I mean? Like you don't get to do all of that and live, let alone 60% of the people think that you're going to win. And they were wrong because he didn't win. As a matter of fact, I'm glad that they handled this the way that he does because the finish was Braun throwing Shane off the top of the cage back into the ring. He foldied the After, shit out of her. This is the fucking greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Shane's on the other side of the cage getting ready to drop. Fucking Braun rips the panel off the cage and drags him back in through the wall. He glitched that motherfucker back in like a Fallout 76 MC, M- MPC. That shit was not, like, holy shit. What was not good, George, the match? Or the build-up, because the build-up was ass. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, if, if, if that's going to be the spot, you have to gimmick cage. Uh, did they gimmick the cage, though, or did he just, did he just hit it that badly? <laughs> Who fucking knows? I never know. I, know. I can never tell nowadays. <laughs> I know. That's how they do that shit. When somebody goes through the ring, they just cut that one part out. If you ever notice on rest, on shows where that happens, nobody ever touches that part. There's a reason. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that shit was crazy. I was like, wait a minute, fucking Hulk smash. And I love how they said, we're like, oh, Shane got to the top of the cage. And I love how Cole corrects him and goes, oh, Braun just threw him up there. Yeah, like, what, kind of shit, what kind of shit is that? Like, somebody throws you up to the top just so they can throw you all the way back down. Yeah, it, um, I'm glad he got his comeuppance, though, you know? It, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. It's still, from a creative standpoint, doesn't make any sense why he'd be messing with Braun. And that's the problem, and that's where wrestling's losing me. As much as this mania did good for the matches, the motivation isn't there anymore, and the only reason why it's not there is because we don't look past it enough to really see it. When Vince was messing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was messing with his company. You understand what I'm saying? He was messing with the top guy who held the championship that represented his company. He didn't want that person to be the face of the company. He didn't want that person's attitude and disposition and demeanor in storyline to be how the company was represented. So he was going out of his way to get anyone who he could backstage, who he felt was a better representative of the company, to take that guy out and become said representative giving him control so when you really look at it that's a brilliant story there's a lot of motivations there you got the one guy who's the anti-hero who wants to keep his title you got the one guy who's desperate to do things so when vince made a move it made sense you know what i mean like it would be if he sends somebody after you or if he's doing something it's to try to manipulate you so the storyline sort of had threads that made it make sense so for example if this was the storyline back in the 90s maybe he wanted for braun to get upset so that he would lose his cool so that he would drop a title that he has and make a mistake or something. There would be a reason. You wouldn't be some billionaire just calling somebody stupid and showing him a report card. What's there to gain? Braun doesn't have any titles. He doesn't have any credentials. As a matter of fact, the whole reason that this started is because he wasn't getting pushed. He literally came to him and was like, I'm not getting nothing. I'm not getting used. I'm not getting pushed. I don't have a match of mania. I don't have anything going for me. What would a billionaire be doing fucking with somebody like that? Vince had reasons. He was trying to make specific things happen each time. And the only time he would ever get involved, or Shane for that matter, back when it was written good, was when it was something that was going to motivate those reasons. 
they're not going to get involved in fucking Takamichi Noko fighting against Ultimo Dragon or against Agula. You know what I mean? They're not going to get involved in fucking Al Snow fighting Hardcore Holly in the fucking river. <laughs> it doesn't matter to them who wins. They don't give a fuck. It's their company. It's all entertainment. So from a logical standpoint, the only thing that makes sense is when they get involved because, hey, that guy has the title or when they did the company storyline, this person has X amount of percentage of control of the company. And if they win, they're going to be able to do this or that. But lately, these storylines have just been people going, nah, 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 nah. Like for no reason, you know? And yeah. I feel like the like the Braun Shane thing, it's a big example of that. You're Shane McMahon. You don't have something better to do than to worry about titleless, pushless, stableless Braun, who's just mad that he doesn't even get to be on the fucking show. There's not something more important going on anywhere. Like how is how are you a McMahon and you're not more worried about what's happening with the main titles? How are you invested in that? That's the way that this used to work. Good times. They have shitty writers now because that whole back end is missing. You know what I mean? And, and the problem with that, and the problem with that isn't just that it makes the writing looks bad. It makes the wrestlers look like little kids because at the end of the day, little kids are the only people who will argue and fight over shit that doesn't matter. That's petty. Adults don't do that. In all of our adult storylines that we're all watching on anything, whether you're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, whether you're watching WandaVision, whether you're watching Cobra Kai, whatever you're watching on whatever program you're watching. The motivations of the adults theme storylines usually make sense, even if you don't like the, the villain. A lot of the time, and that's what makes television and writing so compelling. A lot of the time you can empathize with the bad guy. You could go, I could see why he would want to do it. I don't agree with it, but I could see what his goal is. I could see what he's trying to do. Like Thanos, you know, I think it's crazy to wipe out half of the population to save the entire galaxy. Does it make sense? Yes. The way it was explained to me does. Whether or not the explanation is accurate or not, I can say that from my perspective, it makes sense. Does that mean I'm on board? Fucking no. I don't want to like wipe out half the population in order for this thesis to happen. Same thing with Watchmen, with the whole reason why. I don't want to spoil that for anyone that didn't sell, but the whole reason why they screw them over there. You know? these th- This shit where every storyline is just somebody mad at somebody else because they called them stupid or a poopy head, it's not working for me anymore. You're all adults with children. You know what I mean? You all have careers and shit. You're professionals. Don't fucking be in here throwing slime at each other and goo and calling each other poopy heads and fifth grade report cards and all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, let's say that Shane won. What would happen? What does that prove? That Braun's stupid and Shane's opinion? Who wins? Who comes out of that better? Like as a year from now, people are going to be like, you remember that time that Shane called him stupid? And what's up with the insults? Braun. No. That worked when Bubba Ray Dudley did insults used to be so beautifully and elegantly applied i remember the time and even though vince got his leg broken in storyline for it i remember the time when he had undertaker and kane on his side and they uh they fucked up i believe was it that they both double choke slammed stone cold and both pinned him so they didn't know which one of them was the champ yeah and then that's when when everyone's in the ring, like, well, who's the champ? And then, and then Vince grabs the title and runs into his limo and he's like, you see this, you son of a bitch? You can't have it anymore. It's mine. And he just drives off with the title and nobody has it. When he went back to Undertaker and Kane, I'll never forget this, this insult just because it was savage. Like when they found out what was going to happen with the title, he was like, you're going to have to fight for it. And he was like, and this is where the little alliance breaks off. And he was like, because dealing with you two is like dealing with the handicap. And he looks at Undertaker and he's like, one's physical and then he looks at Kane and he's like and the other's mental 
And I was like, whoo. <laughs> you see, that's what oh. I mean. It's a it's an actual mean thing that could warrant somebody kicking your ass. Imagine if he would have been like, and you got left back in fourth grade. You, you know what I mean? People are like, what? What? That's the fucking insult? Yeah, like, it's like, it's the same reason that this shit started happening. Because I can think of a good one from a more modern time, fucking when Enzo and Cass first debuted on the main roster. This fucking one line he hit the Devon, it stuck with me ever since, and he was like, Devon, I'll put that lazy eye back to work. I fucking lost it. Wow. Because, <laughs> I'm telling you, go watch the pro when they fucking debuted. The shit Enzo and Cass used to say to people used to be magical. I don't know what happened. Again, you're supposed to get us invested in the storyline. And I just kind of feel like when they do stuff, and it also makes Braun look childish, not just Shane. Because on top of Shane using pes- shitty insults, they're working. Like, Braun's supposed to be a role model in a sense. You just threw a man off the top of the cage because he made fun of your fifth grade fucking report card? <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, you cared? To that extreme? What happened to Sticks and Stones? He, he's, an, he, he called, he's, he's a King SJW, if that pisses him off. He called you stupid and you threw him 20 feet through the air onto the mat. Like, what it's also I, I don't know I, don't, I, I could stay on this one forever and you know why I won't because obviously we're gonna we, we want to stick to the other WrestleMania stuff but I just kind of feel like the build to this match like I feel like we as fans had to suffer every week through what they were putting together for us to get to this shitty point you know yeah and it's like the payoff wasn't even like great it's not that it wasn't it was an okay match and they did have spots and stuff but I just kind of feel like they we like we we could have gotten here without all of that shit you guys just wanted a bump you guys just wanted a, a bump a couple guys bumping a big guy bumping a little guy in the cage you couldn't do that some other way like maybe if braun did have a title that shane was invested in getting one of his guys that he manages to get that title and blah 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 and then you know what like that's how you get him involved make him manage somebody that braun destroys and then after he destroys him he's like well since your boy isn't here anymore i'm gonna take you to manager out or whatever or with something where he's involved not to, it's just so silly man and then also the fact that he's out there with Adam Pierce, it, it creates this weird dynamic where Adam Pierce seems to be like a straight laced authority figure. He's not trying to fuck anybody over. And he's standing out there complying with Shane, who's clearly being an asshole, which doesn't make sense that he would comply with Shane. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I hate it. Tragic. All that just so that we could have Shane get thrown around the fucking cage. Pardon me. And I, I'm half joking when I say this. But since they were doing callbacks, like you talked about with the Rollins RKO callback, part of me, no laugh, but part of me was just wondering, like, what's the callback going to be here? Like, is a little guy going to come out from under the ground and uh, somehow push one of them through the cage? Like, when, like it would be the opposite of Big Show's debut. Remember Big Show's debut? It was Vince fighting Stone Cold in a cage, and Big Show came out of the ground, and that was his debut. And he threw Stone Cold against the cage, and Stone Cold won by the cage, busting open. And that's the first time we see Big Show. So I was thinking, since this is a shitty era, instead of it being Big Show bursting out of the ground, it will be like a little guy. <laughs> It'll come out of the ground. It'll be some little guy. I love how you tell me not to laugh and then you pop. That's I just couldn't because I, you know why? Because in my head I visualized it being Marco stunt that time, like coming <laughs> fucking ground. Like, look, this time it's a little guy. We subverted expectations. <laughs> you expected a big guy, but it was a little guy that comes through the ground. Fucking little Hercules. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly, exactly. Actually, horns. So I imagine like oh, pff, and like the smoke coming. Who the fuck is this? And pff, they trolled us with him before hornswog was like a troll fucking prop that they use every now and then like when they don't know how to get out of something and they've done it impact did it but then impact didn't have a reason to it but yeah it's just like 
who was oh. the mystery person that there was the powers that be it's like oh shit they got me again I'll never forgive I'll never forgive them for that shit. Oh yeah, I was pissed when he was the the raw GM. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, you mean to tell me I have to deal with this little motherfucker pinging the shit out of us every fucking no. Go get his ass. Do you remember some of the decisions that they made? Like it's weird that they just all shrugged they're like, oh hornswog. It's like, no, not all hornswog. Do you remember how much of a heel that fucking laptop was? It was doing really bad shit. Worse than like a lot of in person GMs. And they was like, oh hornswoggle. Fuck him. Send him back down to that thing under the ring where he come from. Blow it up by yeah, they're fucking you know, or they have like a world that they live under in the ring. Did they move that when they moved the Thunderdome? You, you don't remember when Triple H and Shawn Michaels went under the ring and there was like a little people world under there? I missed that. <laughs> it's got, the show's going on. <laughs> Look, Flan, actually remembers a little cord. Get him under the ring. <laughs> oh my God. Again, as far as this match goes, the brutality is there, you know. If you're watching this as someone who doesn't watch wrestling regularly, you're not going to give a fuck about anything they were talking about because at the end of the day, you just want to watch the matches that are being given to you for that night. And and of course, that's where they deliver and that's where they succeed. This convincing violence, you know, look at this shit here. He rips the cage off. Look at that. That's that's crazy. I, that's to me something different that I saw. Like Shane was scot free here. And look at that. The motherfucker say you ain't he rips the nowhere. fucking cage off. That, I love. I love if you can catch it right when he when you see Shane looking at him. That is the look of a man who, in all these years, did not even understand that was a thing that could be done. He should have understood. Like Let's he looked at him look. like, wait a minute, he can do that. <laughs> this shit was. I do. I love so much. Well, I think the guy who actually pointed out earlier when they were like, Shane's got to get out of there. Michael Cole goes, "Where's he gonna go?" I'm trying to get the exact shot you're talking about. Cause you know the moment, like where he's looking. Oh, at I know exactly. I know. You don't even have to tell me it. There it is. Look at that shit. That is a man who, in that moment in time, is like, wait a minute. So you mean to tell me this big motherfucker just ripped the paint last fucking? I I was gone. Like, what, what, what I, do you mean? <laughs> what I what I like about this shot? Well, I just might be the graphic for the episode. What I like about this shot the most is that if you look at it, it's Braun grabbing Shane. And the look on Shane's face is, I can't believe this shit happened. But the look in the background of past Braun's face, I told you I was going to get your ass. <laughs> that is it. That's what I Because I didn't even notice that. <laughs> like past Braun is like, I told you. I was gonna get. Like, you know, he, it's like he was a, he's watching the match too. <laughs> That's such a, oh my God. He's stuck between a Braun and a Braun place. Oh. Yeah, right. Look at him. <laughs> that might be the greatest fucking visual I've ever seen in my life. That is so messed up, man. Oh, but yeah, he pulls him in. I was worried he was gonna get shredded up by the gate when he was yanking him through that shit like oh, that. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, you're gonna shred up Shane getting him in here? Like, just pull the whole thing down. But no, he oh, brings him here god. and then he just bumps him around. You know, he's whipping his ass. <laughs> just fucked him up in that little corner. That was like a prison shower ass whooping. Look at that shit. And the worst part about this, like we said about Braun back in the day, Braun ain't scared of how big he is. He is all but comfortable on that fucking top rope. Yeah, no, 100%. And look, he, like, he Braun tossed him over the top here. Look how high up he is. That thing that he was holding onto on the top, was it specifically there so that they don't fall and die? Oh, no, it's actually to hold the cage, right? It's a cage brace, I guess? I don't know. Like yeah, yeah, I think that was, um, that was more for the cage. That shit is dangerous still, even though everything worked out okay. Who the hell wants to be setting up a spot up there, dangling from one arm from a rope like that? I always get uneasy when they stand straight up up there. Because it's like, you follow in either direction, you are fucked. But one is clearly worse than the other. Yeah, look at that. 
That is high up. Oh, Chain is yeah. a bump machine, man. All these, like, at a certain point, it's like, yo, you got to, like, be wary of these bumps. But fucking Shane don't care. Like, Shane. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I think I remember it was, before, it was after 32 when I remember people were, like, trying to give Shane shit online. They were like, oh, he has his kids suffer a watch through it. And I was like, you understand, like, that's been his whole career. Like, his kids understand this shit's happening. The only time it threw him off was that one survivor scene was when Roman speared him and knocked him out. Yeah, I was just it was like, whoa! But yeah, they 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 know they know Dad does crazy shit like this. Yeah, so there you go. There's the link for anybody who didn't get to watch that wild bump. This is what they were building up weeks for, and no, it was good though. It was good. Again, the the story around it wasn't good. Yeah, that. But that yeah, could have been without. Um, other memorable spots: Riker's Riker Jackson Riker and Elias beating up Braun with chairs to his legs before he gets in the cage like i told you before in the chat he they fucked his legs up real bad they called that one the improper 12 you know <laughs> i'm gonna fuck you up so bad you can't do anything to me without your legs <laughs> improper 12 yeah, where we're going we don't need legs <laughs> yeah, all right that would be this is monday that would have been the episode you know <laughs> what the photo i would have photoshopped him where doc was like right there just putting oh. garbage in the delorean we put garbage in it now marty just like my spots. <laughs> Improper number 12. When you can't move your fucking legs. Uh, um, King, as much as his one-liners are uh, get stale nowadays, the one that I did like was when um, Bronze hitting fucking Shane with these big chops, right? And King goes, he has a pirate's dream. He has a sunken chest. <laughs> Oh, every every show he has one good one that he gets in there. He's, he's, like, he's like a Rolodex of jokes. Like he'll go through the shit he wants, but he'll hit one good one every show. At the top of the ring, or at the top of the cage, rather, there's a bag of hidden goodies, a toolbox. Like, Braun takes a toolbox bump. I guess they had all kinds of uh, contingencies here in case Shane should fail, which was almost an inevitability. Um. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else as far as the match goes that you are? Uh, I mean, at one point, freaking Shane ripped one of the panels off the very top of the cage that you walk on and beat up Braun with it for a minute. Yeah, yes, he did. I even know those things. I didn't know those things came off like that till that moment. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, real crazy stuff going on with this. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's that for that. Next, we had, uh, there were a couple of things that happened next. I believe, I might have these out of order, but I believe we had a first look at WWE 2K22. Yep, this was a, a gameplay teaser. Well, actually, a, a teaser trailer. Anyway. Yeah, it, I barely a trailer. I don't see... Yeah, we wish there was gameplay. Yeah, yeah. this wasn't like the trailer trailer. This was just... This was more um, just announcing like, hey, it's coming. At the end of that trailer... As a matter of fact, let's watch the trailer first. Turn that down a little sound and that would be like, oh, you're just playing the song when I was like, we're watching the trailer. Don't everybody fuck around and think that we're doing anything else. But yeah, this is the trailer essentially. That is the music to the trailer. 2K22, this says it hits different. After that trailer aired, I'm sure some CEO, some suit somewhere then went, you see that? That's the game I want you guys to make. You know, and now they're going to work on making it happen. And I'm like, yeah, that's, a, that's a joke as well as I bet money on it. Right. Like, I, I promise mean, you. 
they, they didn't they develop. They developed the game. Skip two K twenty one. Like they got a lot of time. They've had to work on this thing. We know how the gaming industry works. There's no game yet, you know. But that's what they're hoping it'll look like. It's coming soon. It should say developed soon, because I don't think that they're through the developmental phases of it yet. And I think even when they do, I have zero faith. I'm not going to be on here like every other year. What is this, year seven? I'm not going to be on here hyping the fucking game like we did every other year, except last. I'm going to be in here for the second year in a row. It's like, no, I'm, I'm not hyping this. There's no way. You cannot. What needs to be in these videos, and they shouldn't have a teaser like that. I know they want to do it because it's WrestleMania. But what needs to be in a more extensive, maybe 10-minute video, are questions answered. CD Projekt Red had to do it. People Can Fly had to do it recently with Outriders. When you launch some shit that's fucked up, people want to hear you talk about it. They don't want you to just show up again like, hi, I know I threw up and shit the bed at the last party, but here I am again. No, 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 no. We want to know what the fuck happened. We know what happened with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk was a gigantic extensive game. We know what happened with Outriders. We want to know what happened. And on top of that, we want to know what's going to happen. I'm not saying a roadmap. I don't care about roadmaps or any of that shit because I don't believe in those either. I think those are lies. How many roadmaps have you seen in games that have actually come true? Usually, half the shit they'll be like, no, we decided not to do any of it. (laughs) Instead, here's this nonsense. You know, so what I'm saying is I need to know who developed it because it can't be the people that were developing it because I know for a fact that they work for AEW now, which is a big red flag. If the people who make everything that you've ever done are now working for AEW, then the first question I need to know while you're asking for money, which is what a trailer really is for, is money. who fucking developed this? Because I don't know many other wrestling companies, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to like making video games, there weren't really many other ones out there, right, to fish for. What is it? The Thunder guys made it? Remember who, who made Thunder again? Oh, God, I can't even remember. I know fucking Midway made the Impact video game, and that was... Oh, oh that's better than Thunder. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Wrong. Like, who fucking made this? You know, I, I need to know. Don't show me a trailer of wrestlers that I've already seen. Who developed this game? What are their plans going forward? What kind of company are they? Let me see their resume. When I wiki them, what are the games that they make before this? You, you, it's just a trailer. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, but then we're probably going to get that in the actual trailer, though, not just the, hey, it's coming out trailer. I don't I, I don't trust them, man, because there's not a company out there that exists currently that has an established repertoire for making wrestling games. So that, no matter how good they do, this is going to have growing pain. Like I said before, they're never going to be where they were at 2K20 or 2K21. You know what I mean? Like, like their starting point, no matter what, is going to be weight. Like, they were sacked. If this was football, essentially, they were sacked. And it was like a bad sack, too. Or like, they were going for a big pass and almost went way back the other way. Like, it's fucking, like, without any of the people that were there, I just don't see how they're going to do it. Because even though it's wrestling, you wouldn't think it's like, you would go, well, it's not Skyrim and it's not The Witcher. Like, there's a lot of important shit that goes into this that they clearly didn't even think about last year. (laughs) You know, and it shows in the product. So, um. You know, I would I would like to know that. And also, they didn't take any feedback from us as fans. They didn't go on the WWE Network and uh, the way they do with their little surveys. What would you guys like to see from the next wrestling game? What features are missing? Things like that, which I think everyone would have been good at giving them feedback on. You know, like I, for example, can think of one thing that's bothered me with all of their games. I don't like people having moves that they don't do at all. I don't care about the balancing or anything like that. Everybody has moves that they don't do. The first thing I usually do, which takes me all day, is I literally go through the roster and anything that I've never seen them do, I unequip. Like, why? I've never seen. What the hell? He's doing like a what? A corkscrew? This is Road Dog. 
You know, like sometimes it's just weird things where it's kind of like, I get that they want to do it because it's a game, but give them things that at least look like what the guys do. Don't try to just give them stuff. I've seen Cody Rose do it. I remember there was like an up, up, down, down where they were playing like the wrestling game on a, on like a big arena. Like I think it was a WrestleMania, ironically, right? Where they got to play the game like on a big giant screen at the arena. Yeah. And even there, he was, he was playing against Xavier Woods and like, I forget what the move was, but Woods was playing as himself and he hit a move and he was like, oh, you hit this and then you hit this. None of moves which you ever do. <laughs> you know, and he was right. It's like, it's like there none of that. He's like, why do the characters look like that? I'd like something, since this engine works on the last one, I'd like something that looks closer to wrestling without anything that, that's not in it, you know? But I feel like we're never going to yeah. get that. And I also, I don't know how good the sales are going to be. That last game ruined their reputation. Like, people hate that last game, you know? They would have been better off. Last time people hated a franchise was SmackDown versus Raw, and they abandoned the name because of that. They would have been better off just abandoning the 2K name. Yeah, but unfortunately, when you have people, especially with the football and the basketball games, where you could put out the same game six years in a row, they'll keep buying it. At a certain point, 2K is just like, you know what? We don't need to do anything different. Yes, you do. Because unfortunately, there's always going to be those people out there. That's why 2K's managed to stay in business as fucking long. Yeah, but they 1,000% need to do something different from what they're doing oh you know? uh, yeah i just think that the entire thing is un- unfortunate visual concepts are the developers according to stasis well all i know right now the visual concepts on had a year so uh we will be able to deliver whenever this shit comes out okay no let's let's i have a, that name i hope it's not who i'm thinking it is the publisher is going to be 2K always, but Visual Concept developed it. If I'm, unless my memory serves me incorrectly, Visual Concept are the guys that they hired to replace the guys that left that made the game that we just finished getting over. Yeah, yeah, that was the guy. Also, don't owe them. Well, then this should be fine. I'm sure they learned from well, I mean, all of their fucking infinite amounts of mistakes. They weren't that far off from how it's supposed to be. Well, I mean, I'm not saying the game's going to be good, but they skipped 2K21. I don't count Battlegrounds. That's not canon. So, now nah, I knows? can't count Battlegrounds, man. I can't. Even if they went on sale. Battlegrounds didn't exist. When you put Grand Metal League as DLC, you are not canon. So. They were founded in 1988, blah, 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 blah. Then, number one, Metacritic scores conducted by Game Query ranked Visual Concepts as the number one most consistent video game developer on the review aggregator website. So, this is their resume, and then we got to get back after this. Well, a lot of these you guys aren't going to re- recognize, so I'm going to skip most of them, especially from the 80s. They did Desert Strike, for anyone who remembers that. Um, they did Clay Fighter, Madden 94, Tasmania, if we're going into the 90s or mid-90s. Um, Madden again, MLB Baseball, the NHL, the NHL game. Sorry, so they're sports-oriented. At least in the 90s they were. Clay mates as well as Clay Fighters. What is it with them and fucking Clay? Nickelodeon Guts, whatever the fuck that is. That one's gone over my oh, head. Oh, I remember, I remember that. It was like a, um, an athletics-type game show. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? NHL again, NBA Action, NBA Fast Break, M- NBA 2K, NFL 2K, NHL 2K. So all of the original 2Ks, like the 2K well, they've, ones. They've definitely done sports games. I guess it's just last, yeah. last game was their first wrestling one. The original NBA 2K before it became 2K20, 2K21, 2K22, blah, blah, like the original NBA, NFL, NHL, NBA 2K, game, all of that shit was originally Dreamcast titles. Those were the developers of those. They were also, uh, they did World Series Baseball. They're very sports, NCAA college basketball. 
Sega Soccer Slam, Toe Jam and Earl 3, Mission to Earth. Never even heard of that. I know of Toe Jam and Earl, but damn, that must have bombed. That was for the original. ESPN College Hoops, NBA Basketball, yeah, World Series. Yeah, so this is sports all the way. We're now in the mid-2000s, and they're still doing Major League Baseball, hockey, hoops, all pro football. Yeah, they are the most consistent company in the world. They just stick to their guns. They don't. They they, they never change and, and and think out of the box here. Yeah, NBA Two K nineteen. It becomes nothing but basketball. And then their first wrestling game when they come back to wrestling after years, almost twenty years of hiatus, they were assisted by Ukes in doing Two K fourteen. WWE Two K fourteen was their official first return, which is interesting because that was a really good game. I remember that one specifically. And then once again in 2K15, assisted by Ukes. 2K16, assisted by Ukes. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much the story coincides with what we're seeing here because Ukes was always the, the, the ones that were there holding their hands. Ukes are the ones that went over to AEW. This is the first time that it's them without Ukes. So it was probably always Ukes. They just laid an assisting hand again. Yeah, and they're the ones that did 2K21. <sighs> well, see how this one turns out. Indeed. After that, we went on to the Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. Well, not really the ceremony, but the little the little appearance. They did 2K20 class, because I guess tomorrow will be the other class. You know? So, uh, yeah, let's yeah, take a quick sense. look at there. Yeah, let's take a look at that appearance real quick. JBL, Sean Bradshaw Layfield. Yeah, they just all come out. We played a little music and everything. William Shatner! Nikki and Bree, the Bella Twins! They're still not a ring shape, and we keep hearing like this rumor that they're going to be doing a return. I don't see how the hell... Or why would they put them in the Hall of Fame if they were going to be doing a return? Because they just want to pop. And also, having Jushin Liger and, and William Shatner not there even in video or, or conference call or something, I think it just sucks that it's just their image in the sky, you know? Like, they're dead, right? Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The British You can always tell who the headliner is, but they get their music. What was that? I said you can always tell who the headliner in that class, and they always give them their music when they come out. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted more than that. Again, you know what I mean? Like, look at how rushed this was. Watch how rushed this is. Isn't that the story with them, though? We want more, but we don't get it. Look at how rushed they are. And we were going to talk about this on Monday since we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. But could they get Hogan anything better than a fucking toy belt? Hulk Hogan and the NWO and you have that toy belt. Look at that little shitty belt. You remember the fucking World Heavyweight Championship? That ain't the world. Look at that. You guys couldn't even get like a good replica of that shit. It's literally like a toy from WWE shop. 
it looks worse when they're doing the Hall of Fame piece. We'll, we'll talk about it on Monday. Again, the Hall of Fame and the two NXT takeovers, that's going to be Monday talk. Because tomorrow we're going to be talking day two of Mania. But look at this shit. <sighs> Y'all can build a whole fucking pirate ship and fix it in the rain. Can't get Hogan a grill belt. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And the other thing that pissed me off, look at how it ends. That's it. That's it. They didn't even have that moment where it pans across the whole Hall of Fame and it's like, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hall of Fame 2020 and they're applauding. They're just like, that was it. It was so fucking lazy. They couldn't wait to get out of there. They didn't give us a moment with the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, wow. What a lackluster Hall of Fame. You know? Anyway, there's a link in the chat room for you gentlemen. Both chat rooms. All chat rooms. Man, this is not going as fast as I want to say. This brings us to the tag team match of John Morrison and The Miz against Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. 95% of you felt Bad Bunny and Damian Priest would be going over here. 5% of you thought that The Miz and Morrison would be going over. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Mike and Ty's wife are now winning here at WrestleMania. No. Yeah. Craziness. Absolutely crazy. Thoughts on the match? Who Bad Bunny did good. Surprisingly, like right? Shit seriously. I yeah, think um, sure even it might have been uh it was Drew McIntyre that said he didn't come here for just a paycheck. Yeah, look at that. Those were the double falcon arrows that they did. Those look solid. Right. You know. Good stuff in the like, ring he there. He hit it so perfect I didn't realize he hit a full falcon arrow. Yeah, no, neither did I. No, it looked really solid, man. Yeah, everything he did looked great. I need them to give me the old Damien Priest back because I don't need Damien Priest in bright ass purple prince pants. Yeah, like what? I'm right there with you. Look at that hey, dive, that beautiful dive you that he did to the outside NXT? there. Yeah, um, Damien Priest has really grown on me. I'm, he's becoming one of my favorites. Same thing with uh, believe it or not, Bad Bunny's grown on me. Maybe not one of my favorites, but Damien Priest is one of my favorites. Oh, that yeah, that guy is absolutely incredible. So athletic for his size. So nimble to be as big as he is. Yeah, look like, at and when he does dive looks stuff, like, I think too. at one point, what was it? He hit um, he hit Miz with a spinning wheel kick. It looks like it sucks like ten times more because he's so big compared to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is crazy, man. It is wild. And uh, yeah, they did a really good job. He had a lot of really good spots. He 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 brought it all, man. You know, I mean, this guy's clearly um doing a really good job. I didn't. I'm getting a little bit annoyed with the Miz and Morrison again. This is everybody acting like they're five years old. I get that it's funny sometimes, but we don't always need this hey hey hip hop bullshit. I've been over that shit since the first time they fucking did it. Yeah, and like I said, there is funniness, but I, like this shit has to run its course at some point, man. Like it's like there's always some nonsense going on with these guys, you know. See, you know what the bad part about it is for me? Some people like you say like it has to run its course. It ran its course long ago with me. Like I said, this is not the Miz. When Mike when Mike got earned the WWE championship, I was so over it because Miz doesn't go hey hey ho ho. I don't know what two jobber marks these two fucking are, but it's like no, that's no no. The fact that like they got their own entrance was a joke to me because it's like I don't take them seriously in any way, shape, or form. Like those must have been courtesy votes. Those five five percent they got because it's just like nothing about them. Even says they should be 24-7 champions, let alone the Miz winning the WWE Championship a few months back. It's like, it, it doesn't make sense. Like, how is it you go from main eventing WrestleMania 27 to, like, I feel like I'd see you on, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. Like, Yeah, like, they really could do better. They could just, first of all, 
killed this dumbass rap angle. It's not over. It's never gonna be over. Fucking Mandy Rose busting her ass on the ramp could be a could be a better gimmick than this shit. And two, if you're gonna have him be the Miz, have him be the fucking Miz. All right, split those two up. I don't need to see the musty tag team that I never wanted back. Like, it, it, there's so many things about this that just don't need to be there. To where I'm just like, just wipe the whole thing out until you fix it and then put it back on TV. Until then, I don't need to see it. Fucking painful. Which, on the opposite side, Bad Bunny's entrance was fucking amazing. Yes. His entrance, which, as a matter of fact, I'm glad that you brought that up and you reminded me. Because uh, his entrance was very, very solid. I'm going to bring up this a small clip that we have here. There we go. I'm the Bunny. Look at that shit. Motherfucker rolled in on a truck. Yeah, good a shit, Mr. Bunny. Big rig at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, different. Different, but same. And the kid, and the dude bumped like a boss. Like, holy yes. shit, he took DDTs, boots, everything. Yeah, he really does. Bumps like a monster. Like, when it comes to people, like, when it comes to time we've seen celebrities wrestle at, at, uh, at big events, now we have two that stick out to me. Stephen Amell... I think when I he I think it was when he wrestled what Daniels I think it was all in he got put through that table, and now this one like yeah this was the uh the, according to Ashley this was the truck from his album cover oh nice off nice observation look at you okay mm-hmm excellent observation and uh, here is the uh, the entrance for anybody that's looking at me it's a small gift you don't really need to worry about it but I like to share the stuff yeah of course the finish wanted being a uh, priest. Going over with a reckoning, yeah. And as far as Priest, mm-hmm. um, and as far as uh, Bad Bunny goes, since we're listing moves of noobs or or people, well, we are listing moves of noobs. He had an arm drag takedown, a drop toe hold, an Oklahoma roll, a tilt the world leg scissors, corner splash, top rope tornado DDT. Also, a really good seller. So yeah. and a crossbody to the outside after a Priest at that tope. Yeah, and of course we already mentioned the stereo bell claps into those Falcon arrows, which was solid as well. So the guy's looking good. Yeah, work is, yeah. Look, we we heard for God probably weeks that he's been working really hard on this, and it came to fruition. It paid off. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest spot that he did of all was he hits a Canadian destroyer. That shit was awesome. They call it the Bunny Destroyer. Yeah, I won't. I feel like because I think I can't remember who it, was. it might have been Willie in the chat. He called the Puerto Rican destroyer. Yeah, I like that better. I like that better. Yeah, see, because when he when he got him in position, I'm thinking like he's not gonna power bomb him, and I saw him go forward, and I was like, oh, he's going for a destroyer. Kudos to Morrison for helping him pull that off, you know. Yeah, because that move is more the other guy than anything else. But yeah, he took every last bit of that. Yeah, there's the spot for anyone wants to see. But yeah, kudos to him. Very good form. Very solid looking. You know, he looked like a picture perfect one. Yeah. You know, Cooler may not know this, but that move actually was done by Petey Williams. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying, Cooler, if you go pick pick somebody to talk to but I mentioned doing a Canadian destroyer in twenty twenty one, can you pick like one of like the five or six guys we see do it now? Yeah, nah, not somebody Kula who was doing that shit in like two thousand four. So there's a history lesson for Cooler. Because I know he had no idea who uh, that's an inside joke. I know people are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Anyway, I just send that, sent that destroyer out as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for that match, right? Yeah, pretty much. Good job for Bad Bunny. I, 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 honestly, I kind of want to see him go again. Yeah, I can't blame you there. 
That brings us to the WWE SmackDown Women's title match. Sasha Banks defending her championship against Bianca Belair. 70% of you felt Bianca Belair was going to go over, while 30% of you felt Sasha Banks would be retaining her championship. Finished being Bianca with the KOD after a wild transition. And a hair whip from hell. Yeah. <laughs> so She whipped her so hard, the sound effect bounced off of all of the walls. I'll do you one better. I was uh, scrolling through Facebook while we were uh, waiting to come on. I saw a clip of a fan video from like way, way, way up top. They hey, heard at- that shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Like this guy was up in the nosebleeds and you heard the clap. Nasty. What did you think of the uh, of the match overall? This match was awesome. What I like is that right before they locked up that first time, you could see Bianca kind of fighting back tears. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. you know, like, like after all the work she put in, she made it. But um, I love the story that was being told this whole match because, first of all, it was constantly back and forth. Yeah, there was a but lot of was, physicality here. And it was well, they were changing up moves and stuff on each other. But go ahead. But what was so cool about it is, um, no, no, George, that actually is a shoot. I don't know how she does it, but she figured she's figured out a way to get that hit exactly perfect. Yeah, it's not but, um, the first time we've heard her do it. She did it on NXT all the time. Yeah, she actually, that's actually the first time I think she's done it on the main roster. But uh-huh. there was a really cool story being told in this match that I really didn't start to think about it until earlier in the day. The thing that gave Sasha a big disadvantage was the fact that Bianca's so much stronger than her. To the point where she would try certain things and Bianca would power out of them. And then it got even worse because Bianca is faster too. Every time Sasha would start to pull ahead of her, Bianca would get faster. Mm-hmm. And it's it made me realize a thing about Bianca Belair, and it's gonna make her extremely hard to deal with. If you can't beat her in all aspects, you will not beat her. Because Sasha was never going to be stronger than her, so Sasha's only bet was going to be to be faster than her. But like I said, every time Sasha cranked up a little bit, Bianca jumped out in front of her again. So it ne- so at no point did either of them get a full advantage on the other. It was just constantly back and forth until eventually we wound up coming to that crazy finish. Yeah, and uh, what I like is that it's not a match that you can see a lot of this stuff coming. You know what I mean? Like, a perfect example is where... Uh, Sasha hits a suicide dive, right? And then Bianca rolls through and carries Which, her back into the ring. you don't ever see people do that. She carries her back into the ring, and then she press slams her, you know? But not only that, just the way she did it, because she carried her to the steps, pressed her up, walked her up the steps, and then tossed her back into the ring. Which was crazy. Like, that's really brutal. And it looks... Freakish. I was hoping she wasn't going to drop her. Like, she looks pretty dependable with her, with her uh, stuff. But uh, still, it was just like, man, I, I hope nobody here is going to get dropped. You know? Yeah, you're right. Sasha probably yeah, isn't George, heavy. Sasha yeah. isn't heavy, but at the same time, she does have to keep her balanced up there. Mm-hmm. And that Did alone actually takes quite a bit of strength. And she walked the steel steps with her. So that's something else that's yeah. pretty formidable. Yeah, even the only thing Bianca, the only thing Sasha ever really had on Bianca was just experience on that big stage. But the kind of person that Bianca has been her whole life, she adapted quickly. And it's like, yeah, that, that girl is ah, that girl is something else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the best thing about the finish, when it happened so quick, everybody was caught off guard. Like, Cole thought she kicked out. 
And then on top of that, I swear to God, her dad is my new favorite person. That motherfucker almost jumped over the barricade in excitement. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty crazy. But <laughs> was this crazy. this match lived up to the hype of being the main event, and it lived up to the expectations of being uh, just a main event physical match. There was just so many cool things. Sasha at one point counters a moonsault, grabbing Bianca's hair and pulling her face first into her knee. You know, there's a point where Bianca transitions an inside cradle into a slingshot vertical suplex where she's holding her up uh, essentially in jackhammer position and then she's hitting all the different sides of the ropes with the ring and then falling back which I thought was cool Um, (laughs) Sasha hit a move that was almost a fake which I thought was cool because she's up on the top rope and she hits which I've never seen before she hits what I I would consider they call it a springboard tornado DDT Look, I would consider more of a triangle um, tornado DDT Simply because, like, for example, Jericho used to have this spot, I don't think he really does it much anymore, where he would, like, springboard from one corner to the other and then drop kick, And, like, that was considered yeah. a triangle drop kick. So I don't see how it would be a tornado DDT at the end. It should just be, I, guess, I would think, a triangle DDT. But whatever. Maybe there's a science behind it that I don't understand. Um, I thought it looked really cool. I think I have that one here, too, which I'm glad because, uh, yeah, it just looked really solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right there. Look how she hits the ropes and then comes down. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was more of a triangle. It was like a triangle and a tornado kind of in one. Like, yeah, really cool. Good stuff. Yeah, these, these girls absolutely knocked it out of the park. Hey, when it comes to Bianca Belair, there are moments, and they, we don't get them as often as I think we'd like to anymore, where wrestling is just fucking awesome. And the moment that ref hit three, that whole building exploded. And it's because Mm -hmm. ever since the rumble, those people have been wanting that and waiting for that. And as hard as that girl's work through everything she's done, there's, I don't think there's a way in the world. They could have had Sasha walk away with that mat with the win because everybody's been that, that that whole whole fan base has been riding behind her since this, um, since not only since she showed up in NXT and she had that amazing performance against Shayna Baszler, where she stood up into that clutch three times. And then to come to in her first rumble, set that record of eight eliminations, come back in her second and then win. At this point, there was almost no other option but for her to walk away with that SmackDown women's title. Yeah, it, it's definitely I mean, physically, she she's something else, man. Yeah, she like I don't know who's going to be able to deal with her. <laughs> that girl is a freak. Like it is nuts. No, physically, she's definitely something special. Yeah, that whole EST thing, that is a shoot. She's literally faster and stronger than almost every girl on that roster, especially on SmackDown. Like, she is going to be a problem for that roster because she all she has these little extra gears she can go to. I mentioned um the match in NXT with Shane when she challenged for the title for the first time. It was crazy that she stood up while in that clutch once, but then she did it again and then again. And it's like there's a level, there's a place this girl can reach to. I don't know if any other girl has that place. And it's scary because if you can't shut you, if you literally cannot get her body to shut off, she will keep coming. And it's frightening because there's not many girls that they've ever had to deal with like that. If any. Yeah. And I can definitely agree with you there. Um, what do you think's next for her? Does this feud continue? Does she go on to face Sasha? Um, is this feud at its end? Oh man. 
See, that's a tough one because they could run it back at least one more time, but at the same time, they could just move her on to something else. I feel like it'd be better for her to get Sasha one more time, just because then she can really sing. She can really sing. Um, she can really basically lock in the fact that it's like, hey, this wasn't just a one-time fluke win. I've always been one of the person, one of the people where I feel like when you beat a champion, you should have to beat them at least one more time. Because then you can just rule out the whole idea of it being a fluke win. So if I were them, I would have them do go one more time. And then, of course, you have Bianca go over and then just let her ride from that point. Because that girl is absolutely incredible. And that's somebody I could see having a long, long SmackDown Women's title run. Yeah, and like I said, physically she's convincing as a, as a champion. And it, it was fitting as being the best match on the card, I think. I don't think that anything topped oh, it. Oh, yeah. They they, they yeah, stole so. they absolutely stole the show for night two like for night one hands down. Now at this point night two is almost like now we have to measure up to that. Yeah, which I don't really know what what, what. we'll talk about that at the end here because we're coming to the end soon. But uh, yeah, you definitely got to wonder what's gonna be able to reach that caliber of a show. <laughs> right, because they had those fans the most invested they'd been all night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, yes, yeah, Sasha. I don't. I don't know. I kind of feel bad. At the same time, I'm sure she's happy they got to, you know, hit that historical milestone. Right. And she got a real title run this time, not just a one and done. So. But at the same time, it kind of feels like now Sasha and Bailey are on the decline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which that's not something that we want. But then again, now that I think about it, now that you mentioned Bailey, considering her and Bianca have a little bit of history, they could almost jump her into it as well. You think so? Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like, because, I mean, Bianca was one of the first people who um, Bailey got in her face right when she came up. So it's not like Bailey can't just find another reason. Now she has a full-blown one with a SmackDown Women's title under uh, Bianca's possession. So hey, there's a couple of different ways they could go with go with things. So. Yeah, and you're right, George. It is better than Jerome Bobby. But they got what they could get out of it. That's That's why they structured the matches the way that they did. Sometimes they know what they're doing. And I kind of feel like this was one of those times. I didn't agree with them being the main event. And at, the, at first, I didn't even agree with her taking the title. But, I mean, she put on a main event caliber match, like, on her first go. Like, sometimes you just got to, like, tie a rocket to somebody's back. And, like, Bianca Belair, I have to admit, is definitely one of those cases. Yeah. She's Sasha. one of the girls. And, yeah, George actually points it out. Sasha is... Sasha is now. Listen, my, my voice is gone. I got PYT. I don't know here. what the hell listen, that is. Listen, guys, 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 listen. It is it's my honor and my privilege. I don't know what the fuck that was. Okay. <laughs> I was going through WWE stuff and something auto opened, but it didn't sound like a WWE person, right? All right. I wasn't sure who that fuck was. I was saying, is there any post stuff here and that? And for some reason, that shit came up. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I can't wait when we were talking about it on Monday, just because I've seen everything she did in NXT, because at this point I can give a shit what the, what their logic is just because you just came up to the main roster. You ain't no fucking rookie, but <laughs> that girl, I was like, if anybody can show up on their first one-on-one WrestleMania match and grab it, Bianca Belair is one of the ones to do it. Cause she's never not been the best in anything she's ever done. Yeah. She's the Mr. Perfect of the women's division. Seems to be when you really think about it, she is. <laughs> like the, her video package are put together like Mr. Perfect. They even had her doing shit that other people couldn't beat her. Go back and watch old Mr. Perfect video packages. That's the kind of stuff he would do. Remember, he would throw a football like across the field, and then he would catch his own football. Like he'd be on the other yeah. side catching it. That's how perfect Everybody he was. Yeah, I you mean, know? one of the things we saw actually at the very end too, 
freaking now Sasha had a nasty slash on her side from that freaking uh, from that from um, that hair whip. Like oh, she yeah. ate every bit of that shit. Yeah, she got Belmont whipped. <laughs> I think only her and her and Shane have ever been hit that hard. Yeah, no, she rocked the shit out of her. <laughs> she hit her so hard. I thought I thought just because we were talking about the freaking storming earlier, I thought lightning hit. I was like, oh fuck, not the main event. Never mind, that was. <laughs> Yeah, man. Like I said, it was definitely an interesting night, and I have very few complaints. Um, a couple more spots I want to talk about. Cole caught this. Maybe I didn't. Apparently, he said that Sasha faked for the Meteora midair and then transitioned into a splash. No, no, she didn't. I was thinking that. I don't. She, would that be possible? Going for that frog splash the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, would that? That wouldn't it, even make sense. Like, why would you fake a Meteora and then go into a splash? Either way, you're coming down, and then that would be really talented. You know how high, how long you'd have to be in the air to do that. Because first of all, she'd have to be vertical for the Meteora. And second of all, Bianca would have to be standing. Like, she's not going for a Meteora on a, on a prone opponent. I was thinking to myself, this 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 must be like uh, the old Dragon Ball episodes before they could fly. Like, these motherfuckers must just jump and just stay in the air doing moves. Because yeah, she transitioned from Meteora. <laughs> he was just like, what? You know, I, I just looked it, down for like, a second. Like, when I looked up as he was saying that, like, she was in Frog Splash. It was like, where was the Meteora? At the peak? Sometimes he, like, you see what I like, mean about how sometimes he randomly malfunctions? I'm telling you, I have to find that superpower creature shit he said about Seamus. Like, the only reason he thought it was a meteor is just because it was, she was, her knees were more up than usual on a frog splash. That's what makes it a frog splash and not just a regular splash. It's like, like, yeah, I guess it, look, it looks slightly different from her other ones, and somehow they just thought meteor. And it's like, no, Cole, no meteor. It makes zero sense. None whatsoever. Oh god! But yeah, absolutely incredible performance by the both of them. But yeah, that, that was a main event worthy to be proud of. One hundred percent, definitely something that you can sink your teeth into here. So, um, also excellent false finish with that top rope four fifty. I know we showed it here, but just the fact I thought that might have been it. And then uh, when she was on the top rope, she had this moment of reflection where she looked like this is it. I'm this is where I win. And then so I thought this was it. Good selling because then she hit it. She, she had this moment and. Sasha kicking out sold it even more. Yeah, she I was had like, oh, shit, that wasn't the moment. Like, if I hit it, this that's it. Yeah, I think she even mouthed, "Oh my god!" as she was about to hit that spot. And I was like, yeah, "Oh shit!" This is she was like, "Wait a minute, Sasha's not gonna be able to get out of the way this time." Oh my god, that's great. And she kicked out of that pin, and she and it like Bianca looked like she didn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. That was the most pure reaction. Like. They were so invested in that match to the point where I really feel like Bianca forgot that that wasn't the finish. Yep. And uh, Bianca put out a... They put out an interview. I don't think we can run all this. This is long, man. It's like almost eight fucking minutes of of her. You know? Oh, I see. This is a... Oh, because these guys. That must be what started by itself before. Yeah, by the way, I hate to be this judgmental about things, but since it is Peacock... And there's the network, and we do come out here to review stuff. I have to put in my two cents. And I'm not trying to pat our own backs or anything. But if that's the kind of pre-show that WWE's putting on following WrestleMania, why aren't we millionaires? Like, no clue. Did you see the host that they had on there? Who are those fucking hamburgers? Go fucking (laughs) no. These guys that they had out there. Doug, Phil, and Will. Who the fuck are these guys? (laughs) Doug, Phil, and Will. (laughs) 
<laughs> like who the fuck are these guys? They're like, random, random. Who are you? Just so who? you know, that's their fucking names now. Who oh, are you? Really? Who are you? And they're acting all nuts. Like they they're over energetic. Yeah, let's get to Bianca, man. I don't want to see. see what happens. Here. Let her talk. Shut the fuck up. You're having an evening. Shut the fuck up. She still hasn't spoken yet. Shut the fuck up. God bless you. You still need to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You see how fucking annoying these guys are? Thank you. I don't know what to say other than thank you to everybody, to God, to Vince, to everybody, to Sasha. Thank you. I'm just so excited. I'm so happy. I'm overjoyed. My heart is full. This doesn't feel real. Yo, they're marks so for themselves. Uh-oh. I'll talk about after this. Get the hang of this. Yeah, you gotta, I you gotta take one of these for five years. Uh, Bianca, I, uh, as crazy as it sound, I want to start. Anyway, I'll link you because those guys keep coming out. If anybody wants to keep watching the whole thing, but yeah, they're they're marks for themselves. You hear them? Those marks. Let the girl talk. She's coming out. This guy. This guy had a longer fucking speech than her. Fuck out of here. I'm not defending them, but I know if it was me, only reason, only reason, and I know because they probably weren't doing it for this reason, only reason I would have done that, give her a minute, because she looked like she was still trying to gather herself for a quick second, and she looks like she was still trying to get herself under control and, like, composed, but no, they were just marking out for a second, it just happened to work out for Bianca. Oh my god! Because I know, I know that I know that movement where she was shaking her hands, like rocking back and forth. She's trying to get herself under the control. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool to see you like that. Yeah, because no. it's like that shit's real for her. Like that girl really. She been when she chased that. She's chased that since she showed up. Since she was in NXT, since she was freaking killing it in that performance center combine event, I believe twice now. So yeah, you had to see a real emotion from her, like just. Moments like that don't ever start to feel real. And I think even touching that title, it still hasn't sunk in. Yeah, I totally see that. And yes, Sasha did used to be emotional like that. She'll get over it. Once she once she gets angry and has her first hiatus, she'll be fine. Yeah. And then Sasha's <laughs> kind of hit all her milestones. So it's like, at this point, it's like, what does she have left to get that emotional about anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what happens here. Let's see what, what the next thing is. Um. The only other thing that they put up was Miz and Morrison talking about their experience with Bad Bunny, and I, I'm I'm interested. Oh God! Well, George, before we run that, George talking about she needs to be more professional. So when you punch a ticket to WrestleMania, being emotional isn't professional. Like there's that old phrase, "Dreams come true." George and Rumble and Mania was the dream coming true. Yeah. Okay. Heartbreaking loss tonight against Bad Bunny and Damian Priest and what seems like an unexpected loss. So after seeing Bad Bunny's offense out there, it seems like maybe you underestimated him, like you were unprepared. Unprepared? Unprepared. How did you prepare for the match, Sarah? Because last time I checked, we are the greatest tag team of the 21st century. This match wasn't about preparation. That was great. I got to go back. Respect. We are the greatest tag team. Yeah, when he went to do that head swing, he hurt himself. Watch Morrison. Of the 21st century. <laughs> this match wasn't about preparation. Okay, that made it worth it. And I, it goes yeah. to show that maybe hard work does pay off. He came in with work ethic. He put in a ton of hard work. 
And I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but he gained my respect. Mine too. But, I mean, there's the luck factor. Luck could have had something to do with it. Definitely has a lot to do with it. Rabbits are lucky. Yeah, he they're paws. Has a rabbit foot. You rub them. And when you have a rabbit foot, you're very, very, very lucky. lucky. Definitely luck. There's no luck. way that would happen twice. Luck. You know what, John? Huh? That is correct. Correct. That next time, man, is so worth it. Because I was really going to be like, no. And now that happened. Okay. It was funny. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much WrestleMania night one in a nutshell, right? Yep. Really good stuff here. I'm surprised that we enjoyed it as much as we did. And, of course, we'll be back in the chat room tomorrow night for the post show of night two. You know? So, guys, we are going to be wrapping up things here. Do not forget, tomorrow night, we got more matches, more crazy stuff going on. You got night two. Uh, what the hell is the card for night two? I was going to actually bring it in front of me. You remember any of the remaining matches? Uh, let's see. We're going to have the Raw Women's Championship, Rio Ripley versus Asuka. Uh, obviously, the Universal Championship three-way, Edge, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. Oh, also a uh, Nigerian drum fight. Big yes. Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, I can't remember where the other ones. I know some other ones were night too. <laughs> yeah. We got the women's tag match. We mentioned that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That's Shayna Baszler and uh, Nia Jax against Natty and Tamina. Yeah. That being said, thank you to everyone who joined us tonight from... All of the chat rooms across the entire evening Weekly Planet, aka Ashley, Stasis Dreams Kula Ice, Six Slayer EB Gamer, Willie V2 George, Q's Thomas uh, Ancrad X3 Blitch Pike, Renji221 Jill Michelle, Cabigon, Sugar Shane Of course, all of you listening across various platforms Ladies and gentlemen, you listen to Talk Brunch Live Episode 449, the WrestleMania 37 post show hosted by yours truly, Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin Soglo Frazier, we're out of here. See you for night two. Don't slip. Shut it down.